0: Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net Christopher Media, let's make some noise From Asthma Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan It's unregimented Gangsters, but up, guys And now, here are your hosts Number 194, I'm Chris I'm Aaron And I'm Rich we're we're
1: straying into news shotgun territory. Maybe this year it's like a new. This week it's like a news pistol. Maybe not a shotgun, but definitely no shortage of shit to address this week. Tell you that. Uh, I mean, for, I don't know. Does the news always have to be a weapon? Yes. Sometimes it, it's, it's a tool. I feel like I get
2: hit
3: with it when I read it. It's news bukaki. There. It's how about the thing
2: that? On news bukaki.
3: Okay. It just know keeps coming and coming, and coming and coming and <laughs> coming. Well, it probably runs off our faces. That's why it's Bukkake.
1: Oh, yeah. And then... We're moving
2: on. Like, <laughs> say that for hour three, okay?
1: And then apparently you suck the same dick again 20 minutes later, and then you <laughs> get what we have today. Or I said 20 day, I'm sorry, 20 years later. Because... Yeah, wasn't well, today that, like a... There's like throwback in the news today, wasn't it? With the, the daddy juice. It was today. We found out that OJ is... The juice is getting loose.
2: Yes. We got got a taste... I'll show show myself
1: out. We got a taste of what social media would have been like 20 years ago, and I'd like to thank everybody for completely (laughs) living up to my expectations. Oh, oh, yeah. You did not fail to disappoint me. Yeah, Yeah, this
3: is... Definitely today was an insight into what 1995 would have been like if we all had... Facebook or Twitter? Good Lord. And I can't speak for Twitter. I can only speak for Facebook. But I have seen some screenshots from Twitter, and it seems like <clears throat> seems like um, at the last at the last uh, African Americans only meeting that they were given a memo that says if he gets paroled, to go ahead and go back to that moment when they said not guilty in '95. And jump up and down and go, "Yay, we won!" And anybody who, who comments won? on anybody who comments oh. on anybody saying that that's white, they just say, "Y'all are." And this is a direct quote from like honestly three or four people, and I'm paraphrasing dozens and dozens. But y'all are just mad because one of ours killed two of yours and got away with it.
1: Okay, I'll say it in the chat. I'll say it on the mic. Keep perpetuating us versus them. Let me know how that's working out for us as a society, let alone your section of society. And second, is this someone's stand-up routine? Who won? Who? who, who OJ won in this deal. I don't recall there. There was just one person oh. at that parole hearing, right? Like, I mean, it, well, I, think, the, are, I think. Are there, there checks talk, going out tomorrow to anyone who's African checked African-American in the last census? I
3: guarantee you, like what Chris Rock said That he didn't get his OJ prize in the mail in 95 He's definitely not going to get it in 2017
2: I Personally, I'm really glad that he's out of jail, actually it, there's, there's no way that he should have been serving that much time For the crime that he was convicted of doing It
1: was armed robbery oh, It wasn't just That's, plain
2: old
3: burglary uh, the problem is, is that they hit him with the technicality of of going into the hotel room and saying no one can leave. So that is technically kidnapping. That's, but the fact that they the, but the fact that they let him loose after what eight years, pretty much tells you how much bullshit that fucking charge and sentencing was.
1: Hey, well, I call it, that was karma, is what that was.
2: I think the whole OJ OJ is a case study for judicial tragedy the, the fact that one case can be fucked up so bad as to let somebody who definitely looks guilty and I don't know who the fuck else would kill these two people and allow him to go free but still find him guilty of the civil charge and then overcharge him on a crime that pales in comparison just because you want to make up for what you think should have been done. That's not how justice should work on either end. And just because we might feel that it's justified, that this is karma coming back to get him, that's not how I want the justice system to work when I need it to work for me, if I, I need it to work for me.
1: Well, don't kill two no, people. And
2: you'll be all right. No, you, you, yeah? Well, <clears throat> okay. But... <laughs> but uh, but it doesn't it doesn't even have to be don't do anything wrong if the justice system is this fucked up this is how we get innocent people convicted and i'm not talking about oj because i don't believe he's innocent i just don't like using the the justice system as a as a way to basically this is personalization of the law this, goes against our Constitution, I'm pretty sure. You can't well, tailor-make tailor the law to fit what you personally think
1: is justified for this person. word that was the sentence outside the sentencing guidelines. Did this guy uh, make up a sentence, or did he just give O.J. the max? No,
2: it's not the sentence. It's the charge. The charge of kidnapping. I doubt there's very few other situations where a charge of kidnapping would stick in that situation. This was armed robbery. This was a person with no priors. Mind you that's how he got yeah.
0: I know, it's the
2: gentleman it who,
1: who said he lived a conflict free keep, keep in mind he sat in a parole hearing huh? knowing full well no, no no we know he killed two people and he went to jail for armed robbery and said he lived a conflict free life.
2: But let's understand the two, the separation between the two. A conflict, having a conflict-free life, is him lying. We, we know that that's not true because even the, just with the charge that you can prove, being convicted of armed robbery is not a conflict-free life. But the fact that he has no priors to this armed robbery charge, he's got fr- a. He that's an unfortunate truth. He doesn't
1: have no priors. He got convicted in a yeah. civil trial.
2: That's not that he was not charged with a crime. Well,
3: he wasn't convicted of a crime.
2: He was found responsible <laughs> for the death of somebody, of two people, and forced to pay restitution. But being held responsible is not the same as being charged with the crime. So
1: I, I know it sounds like the, you're bu- fudging words, but is it, this is... Just, there's a lot of parson going on over there.
2: It's not, I'm not trying to parse it for anything except for the justice system is fucked up. I'm not trying to parse this like O.J. was railroaded. No, O.J. got off easy. It just so happened that, you know, I mean, it, it could have been a lot worse for O.J. It was the,
3: he, the justice system fucked up in 95 and the justice and system just, fucked up. When, when was it? 2009 when he was convicted. Right. All right.
2: That's why it, it, I'm not in. Fu- I'm not in favor of government overcorrecting to try and make up for what they think is a mistake. I mean,
3: this is this is the this is the equivalent of them going out and getting um, oh shit, um, god damn it! I just big gangster out of Chicago, getting them on fucking tax evasion. Al Capone. Thank you, because they couldn't touch him for anything fucking else.
2: No, but that's different. He was he was guilty of tax evasion. And they didn't make up any laws to charge him with, and they didn't try and, and look like, did they want him to serve the maximum t- sentence for that charge? Yes you're telling exactly
3: me- a sentence that Joe blow would have served maybe fucking less than a year or a year. he got fucking he they told him you're going to serve every day of your fucking sentence i mean it's i I didn't think O.J was going to get parole I really didn't. But then I kept the only thing I heard that could stop him from being parole, which I didn't even know this was a fucking thing. I still don't know if it's a fucking thing. Is supposedly you get caught jerking off in prison that goes against your record? What the fuck is <laughs> it? What? Really? It's because being if a that's, model citizen. I mean, yeah. Would you rather him just ass rape some guy in the shit pussy in the shower? I mean, what the fuck, man? I mean, I've I've never heard nothing that stupid. But then you said apparently that's been debunked. So if that's been debunked. Then fuck it, yeah. Uh, as far as I've heard, he's been a pretty much a, yeah, model citizen. I mean, he's he's even a fucking manager of the goddamn fucking prison softball team,
1: Daddy Juice. Black,
2: right. I mean, how? I don't. I, it's not like he was going to turn into some thug when he went. I mean, regardless of what you, I, mean, I guess you could call him a thug in a way, but he still had that juice personality. You know, he didn't have to struggle in prison, I'm sure. It wasn't fun.
3: Well, I've seen a lot of documentaries, heard a lot of interviews. After two, or 1995, I wouldn't call him a thug. I call him a guy who's a fu- He was fucking obsessed with his fucking wife, then ex wife. And. That was a sick fucking toxic relationship on both their parts from the fucking beginning. Both of them fucking at one point committed violence against the other person. And then he fucking snapped and killed her. And Ron Goldman just happened to be the dumbass who was like, well, let me take these glasses to her and maybe she'll fucking throw me a piece of ass for it. And he got caught in the middle. That's not a thug. A thug goes out and does gangster shit. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's just, that's just a sick motherfucker who's obsessed with somebody. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole narrative that he's, I mean, if be, to be died, and I mean, I kind of understand because when you can't get any justice, I know what it's like to want to throw on a ski mask, some leather gloves, grab a breaker bar and go get me some Detroit justice. The motherfucker stole from him and stole memorabilia from him. And he went, to, he, lo- he, he called some thugs and said, let's go get this shit. Right. They went in there and they said, Give me my shit back and the law got wind of it in Vegas and charged his ass with every single thing they could. I mean if they could have charged him with jaywalking and added another year on there, they would have. I mean it's it, yeah. it's ridiculous. He No, it's not railroaded. Rich, you probably railroaded. would have got
2: off on that charge. Uh, I might have done
3: some probation, I'd imagine. <laughs> but yeah. You wouldn't yeah, have yeah, served I mean, time. I wouldn't have been in there for eight years, no. No. Fuck no. no. And I, yes, it, is it fucked up that the, that the jury, a lot of the people who voted to let him walk in 95 when they finally, and that they amazingly found a jury that just apparently couldn't understand DNA evidence and that the prosecution was so worried about coming off badly on TV that they they presented the evidence in such a way that it was so fucking dense to get through. It was like reading War and Peace. I mean, it was just a bunch of bullshit circumstances that came together for a perfect storm to let him walk. But you don't uh-huh. go after the man fucking, what, 20, almost 25 years later? I mean, right. I, I'm with you on that. I mean, I really am. Now, there is a part of me that goes, well, you play stupid games, with stupid prizes, man. I mean, you're OJ. You, if I'm OJ, I wouldn't have been in that fucking room. Yep. I'd have paid someone to be in that room. And I've been like, get my
2: shit, take
3: your cut, we're, then we're
1: free Simpson, Simpson Since that verdict comes down I don't even get a parking ticket but.
2: But I understand that the justice system Is never going to be perfect Because it's a system that's made up of people And no, people, no group of people Are perfect Collectively But I just want Some semblance of fairness Where if I fuck up And get charged with a crime I want to know that I'm getting the same amount of time that anybody else in my situation would would be getting, and not <laughs> feel like you know there was some. I don't know. It,
1: hey, but it just it but, but Aaron, of having you, an ulterior but motive call as a the judge. the first that, trial fair. The first trial showed if you got deep enough pockets, you can get away with murder. Literally. Like, did he? Well, were, either of these, were either of these trials fair? Well, right, but I understand that,
2: like I started with, that the system is imperfect. But we also kind of have this understanding, too, that when the system fucks up, well, we can't just keep going at it and going at it until we get a Yahtzee. You know, it, we have a system where he was found innocent or not guilty, rather. He was found not guilty, and it wasn't any kind of crazy mistrial or anything. And so. The the gov- the judges or the prosecutors or anyone can't just go well. Let's just charge him again. Let's you know what. Let's clear out these group of people that didn't. Let's just keep going through jurors until we find somebody to convict him.
3: Yeah, it's not and, it's not it's not golf on a Sunday between guys you work with. Everything's a mulligan. Right.
2: Right. And that's damn near what this behavior reeks of to me. Is well, we'll just you know we'll just try it again because we feel like he's guilty. I mean. If the judge, if the prosecutor and everybody, if it's their decision, whether he's guilty or not, why the fuck do we have a jury? Why the fuck do we have this system in place? And if you all fucked up and couldn't get your, your case right, or the jurors couldn't get it right, somebody fucked up and couldn't convince this guy who looked like he was caught red-handed, well, that's just the imperfect system well, that we have. Well, he fucked up, for- and, it's th- and it's when you try and overcorrect for an imperfect system that you have situations
1: like this. Well, shame on you, O.J., for being able to be put in that position again. I mean,
2: we see this in, in the laws that are made in this country uh, where, uh, you know, I, not to get deep into the politics of any one issue, but whether it comes to any kind of uh, equality in this country, we are constantly overcorrecting. We, you know, is, on a, as a, a concept, is affirmative action a good thing? No. It's a ridiculous concept. Uh, it's arguable, you know, whether it's whether it's done any good or not. But re- regardless, it shouldn't be the response for, from the government to overcorrect to try and compensate for
1: affirmative action. Is more racist for, than people think it is, if you right. if you look at it well, in black and white terms, literally.
2: Yeah, I know. I mean, I w- I wanted to get a good example, but I don't want to have a an hour conversation about affirmative action. You know, it's just one example, though of of how laws are made to to overcorrect for injustices and that's like the same thing only this is on the other side of the law
3: the problem is is that things like affirmative action and the way the laws are set up people find exploits in them okay affirmative action was supposed to be if you have three applicants for a job two of whom are white one of whom is black. They're all equally qualified. Then affirmative action was put there so the black person who's equal is qualified as the other two people would get it, would, would get the job because yeah, there are things. <laughs> Believe me, go to small town police departments where the community is is a very mixed community. Won't find a whole lot of black police officers. You find a whole lot of shaved head white ones. All right. I mean, looking like roided out motherfuckers who were like from the commercial. I they go to the gym. I pick things up and set them down. I mean, they. they, they I,
4: well, yeah, yeah, but I, but it, I see it, your got, point,
3: Rick. But it got twisted, just like we're supposedly we're supposed to we're not we're not there's are supposed to be protections against um, double jeopardy, and yeah, at least it, at least it seems like you and I are, and are agreeing that basically OJ got convicted on double jeopardy on a crime. They were like, oh, we got him on something else, but we're going to punish him for the crime he got away right. with.
2: No, I think that's the best way to put it, because I know it's not exactly that, but it kind of
1: is, isn't it? And he gave him a reason. He gave him a reason to be back in that courtroom. Well, I, I mean... That's I'm looking at it. You shouldn't have held up a whole bunch of people with a gun. I... I just, just, like I said, if after those verdicts come down, he shouldn't have been getting a goddamn parking ticket. Let alone walking into a room saying nobody leave, giving my shit. That's just being stupid. Yeah, well, it is once... stupid. No, nobody's saying that OJ's
2: smart, that OJ's innocent, that he's a nice person, that he's... It's... It, whether or not you want to think that OJ got what he deserved or he didn't get enough, it's... It's about.
1: Maybe I'm not articulating it wrong.
2: The, ju- right. the justice system is not a tool to be used to, to apply against individuals. Maybe I'm not articulating that we, that, it that, that, that society or, or the government or prosecutors or whoever decide is guilty and we're going to keep hammering them with shit until we find a way to put them away.
1: Maybe, maybe it's tech from this way. All right. We all agree the system is weird and fucked up and can be manipulated. Sure. Ma- he manipulated it 20 years ago. He's playing craps. He rolled a seven 20 years ago. I and mean, you really gonna you really going to take that shot again and hope you get another seven, especially since you gave away most of your resources to buy that L- seven 20 L- I years don't, ago?
2: I don't see how OJ's stupidity has anything to do with the subject that Rich and I are trying to talk about, though. I'm, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but... like. That's a separate issue. Let's accept that O.J. is going to fuck his life up no matter what because that's just who O.J. is. O.J. doesn't know how to control himself.
3: It is kind of shocking. That, that is he separate
2: went, from how our, our, our justice system should operate.
3: It, it is kind of shocking that he went as long as he did until the shit with Nicole and Ron without fucking his life up more than he had at that point.
4: Right. I mean, and, he's, and,
3: we're not talking about a Rhodes Scholar here. It's a, he's a football player. I mean, that's well, the only reason that he probably went to college. Let's be honest here. You know, there's a lot right, of dumb and jocks. To,
2: and to say, yeah. yeah, but he got what he deserved anyway is is, is a scary is, thought in my mind. <laughs> you know? Look, I mean... Well, I guess I've, be glad I've I'm been, not a judge. I've, my, I've been I've had my run-ins with the law, all stupid shit when I was a kid. But if I did get into some fucking trouble, if I became addicted to something and ruined my life and ended up in jail for some stupid crime, I don't want to have to think that I'm getting, I'm going to be looking at a harsher sentence because the system looks at me as nothing but a fucking junkie or strung out on something and that I deserve to be put away. And No matter what actions need to be taken to put me behind bars, the ends justify the means. This is directly relatable to the situation we saw with the fucking body cam. With the guy blatantly, the cop, blatantly placing evidence, not understanding that he was caught on tape. Because (laughs) whoever it was that he was trying to put behind bars, he knew that they were a no-good fucking junkie loser and deserved to be off the streets. He just couldn't find any proof, so he had to plant it. This is all the same situation in my mind. Whether that kid that ended up behind bars because of the drugs that the cop planted, well, no, he actually went free. Because Whether he was a junkie or not doesn't fucking matter.
3: It, it comes down to, I've said this before on the show, I'd rather fucking four guilty people walk free than one innocent person spend the rest of their life in jail i 'm sorry, a fuck up's going to fuck up again they 're going to give you a chance to fucking throw' them in there you aint right. that 's one thing i 've learned very few people take advantage well, of second chances
4: well you know and, you, and,
3: and, and and this is a person who gets caught up in circumstance and spends even if they just spend ten years in prison when they come out, they are institutionalized they are now criminal minded and they are forever changed because they can never look at a situation different because their entire worldview for the last ten years has been them having to keep their head on a swivel 365 days a year. And then we put them back in society, even if they go we put you in there wrongly. We're sorry. Here's a here's a couple million. What that's all your life's worth? Right. I mean it's it's just well, Look, I the system's flawed, we all know that. I think the bigger issue that's getting ignored is that this is this is once again at a time when we really don't need it. Can we drive a bigger wedge between fucking people?
1: Oh, it's summertime. Do you ever notice all the the racial divide seems to show up about mid-July every year? It seems like the last three uh, summers, it seems something's going to come up. Where here we go, black and white again, and go.
3: I mean, I this 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 is not going to make fucking conversations at work between people who normally wouldn't talk to each other happen. It's not going to fucking it's not going to ease distrust between people of different races, different cultures, whatever the fuck you want to look at it as. It's just going to drive a deeper wedge between them. And the way my mind works is I'm like, okay, well, here we go once again. Let's divide up everybody and have everybody choose a side who's benefiting from
1: it. Hey, right. I mean, I, I, I know this makes Rich, me sound like, you know, two weeks away from shouting, like, Luke and Preston. But, you know, something starts make me think, like, is this on the schedule on the news networks for every summer? Oh, July, time for a race war. Well, <laughs> Rich, you were talking about loopholes in the
2: system. And I agree with you that, I mean... To a certain point, you have to accept it. You know, you, you also, though, mentioned loopholes in the system of affirmative action. And it, I just believe that basically you can't use loopholes as an excuse to kill or drastically change any program or system. Because you have to understand that, that all systems are going to have flaws. Right? It's It's when the government decides that they're going to make their own loopholes to overcorrect for the the loopholes they believe other people are taking advantage of that really starts to be a problem. Two wrongs don't make a right. Oh, yeah,
3: totally. And, I mean, if you really want to get down to it, government didn't even... Governments in and of themselves, I don't even think, perfected using loopholes. Personally, I think that was the Catholic Church.
2: (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we see a lot of it in when people talk about uh, any kind of uh, entitlement program, as Republicans like to refer to them as. And they go, "Well, you know, X amount of people are cheating the system, and that's why we got to get rid of it." And look at all these people on Wall. I mean, no the dummy correcting, the system. Correcting a, correcting a system is fine, but again, it's usually not a correction; it's an overcorrection. It's, we really got to tighten down how many people are getting welfare in this country and, and therefore end up kicking off maybe thousands of people who may actually use it to improve their lives it's and the, to step out of poverty.
1: It's the extremism, and, man. It's, all, it's the all-or-nothing attitude we have nowadays. Instead of also, fixing the system, we just have to get rid of it.
2: But you also have to accept that there's going to be a certain amount of slop there, so to speak, too. There's going to be people who, no matter what the fuck you do, are not going to be motivated to do anything to further their own lives or take care of themselves. That's just an accepted fact that we have to come to terms with. If we want to be part of a big society, talking more than 150 people, If we want to all be part of a big society, we have to understand that not everybody are winners. And I'm not saying that as like a a hardcore Ayn Rand libertarian, like, fuck them all. It's personal responsibility or nothing. I'm saying, no, you've got to give something out to those people because otherwise you're just asking for trouble and they're just going to cost you money whether it's hospital visits, whether it's armed robberies and rapes and crime, and any number of things that are going to cost money and lives. You're just making an investment in placating a certain portion of the population, understanding that it's for the greater good. These aren't entitlement programs. These are investments. But I'm getting, I'm getting off in, on a rant, though. they only investments
1: when they go to white people, Aaron. The,
2: <laughs> the, the point being is these are ways where Government tries to overcorrect for the loopholes that they believe people are taking advantage of, and sometimes even, you know, breaking or skirting the law in doing so. And uh, you know, that's kind of applicable to our current president too. But we don't have to
1: talk about him yet. Oh, yeah. well, the guy who's who's looking into the—I uh, was reading before we went on the air—the uh, uh, the reaches and the powers of the pardons. <laughs>
2: What is it What? He, we'll, we'll get into that later. He, you mean he googled? Can the president pardon himself? No, he's he's, <laughs> he's got his lawyers
1: looking into right. all of the reaches of the. Oh, hold on, here. What's it say? Uh, Trump's lawyers seek to like. Oh that's not the headline. Oh, um, the president's authority to grant pardons. That's what his lawyers are looking into. Right now. I, I heard that Trump and
2: Putin are getting together to find the real hackers, and then they're going to write a book <laughs> together called "If We Did It."
3: Buzzing, well, topical. Well, you know where you start with the real, you're looking for the real hackers on the golf course. Boom. So I mean, Let's that's where they're out. they all hang out.
1: Trump's way ahead. <laughs> He's already getting started.
3: Back, getting back to what you were saying about, it seems like we have this, you know, okay, so we have programs we paid into. Medicare, right. Social Security, and then we had programs set up to help people, Medicaid, welfare, and right. when we find like okay, perfect example was when the push was the big push from from Republicans and a few Democrats to be honest was drug test everybody on any type of welfare because then we're gonna we're gonna really cut down on the people who are on welfare, and Florida did it and they found that one percent of people who were on welfare or food assistance. Failed the drug test
2: which means they were too stupid to pass a drug test, yeah <laughs> really it 's not about if you do drugs or not it's if you know how to mask it. One percent of the people forgot to buy golden seal I mean, and really if you 're not a weed smoker, all you need is like a day or two
3: yeah, anything else <laughs> you, you could you could smoke all the meth and all the rock right. you want, and three days later drop clean yeah right. test it yeah. on
1: Friday, party it up Monday through Wednesday. <laughs>
3: I mean, you can but, you can even you can even drop all the opiates you want, and within a week, drop clean. So, yep. but but we really do have like a fuck it, just like 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 the Gordian knot situation in history. Like you know, oh look at all these ropes that are all tangled up. How are we going to get them untangled? Well, let's just fucking cut the ropes and the knot in half. Fuck it. Then we won't have to worry about untying. Set the knot. all the ropes on fire.
1: That'll get rid of the knots.
3: You know, I mean, there was even a, there was even a, a a version of it in the Bible with a king who was like, "I got it." You know, two women are claiming that this is their baby, and he was like, "Okay, fuck it, I will pull my sword and cut the baby in half. You get one half, you get one half." Yeah, and, you know, that's that's you know, that's how we seem to want to solve the issues, and it doesn't solve anything. It's the same thing. I mean, it's the same thing when we talk about guns and gun control. The same thing we talk about police. Anything, anything. You're going to have corruption, and you're going to have fuck-ups, and you're going to have an attrition rate in anything you do.
2: Because we're constantly provided with these false choices. All guns or no guns. What what rational person? I have not talked to, I know plenty of gun owners, and they are somewhere in between where it's my right and I like guns, and I have no reason for a semi-automatic rifle. It's not an all-or-nothing situation, and it never is. But it's the extremes of every argument that get the loudest voices for some reason.
3: It's because they're the easiest. They're the easiest solutions for people to digest without having to think very hard about
1: them. Just one thing. All I think about is one thing. It's easy. Just one thing. I mean, People what, don't what? like
3: people don't like to think in, in terms of it's something an issue is an onion that has many layers that you're gonna I don't have, have to think about of.
1: three things. That's a lot of thinking. Just one thing, please. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it,
3: it put rather crudely but completely apt. Yeah, I mean it's it and this this is once again maybe on a one on one basis you could sit a person down and they'd be willing to go into the the different levels of the of the debate. Of the issue that you're debating, but when it comes to groups, we want to pick one side. We want two sides to choose from, and we want two solutions to choose from. Okay. And so we pick our side, Democrat or Republican, and by default,
2: that's our cops stance. are black people. Yep, cops. Yeah. Yep, yep. Right, and you know this whole—that's why this whole narrative that of cops being racist is is non-productive because. Whether they're racist or not Isn't the issue to me It's not about trying to find out Which cops on the force are racist And get them out So that black people stop getting shot It's how to train these guys How to do real police work So people don't get shot All people who don't deserve oh, it Wait, wait Now you're treading into You're treading into All Eyes Manor, Aaron Right But it's, this is not an all I know what you mean and I know that's what it sounds like, but that's not. It's not an all
1: lives matter thing. It's not like. You know, no, I'm with it's, you. It's it's just, it's about. To me, it's about. It's not the whole systemic racism. It's systemic abuse of power. I haven't. Yeah. Like, well, I haven't seen
2: any of the the police shootings that we've had in the news over the course of the last what, like five years or more that just keep piling up. I don't see. Any evidence? Well, I'll take that back. A one, I can think of one case—the recent case where the cop shot at the car full of teenagers and killed the kid as they were driving away. That doesn't—that's not incompetence. Like that guy has something wrong with him, and he hated those kids. But in most of these other cases, he hates these kids. This is just cops fucking up, not being trained well enough to. N- know when they're really in danger, or how they handle themselves when they think they're in danger. I mean, all these excuses that people make for these cops in these situations, I'm like, look, you know, I'm sure there's hundreds of cops out there every day, thousands of cops, that are having interactions that could have gone that way, and they don't, because of how the police handle themselves.
1: Yeah, uh, it's, um, the, the thing well, I, the I see in common in, in in a lot of these things is you you have just, guys who just jump at anything. It, it, it's they've been trained to just uh, defuse any situation with the most force possible. And so you have to
2: understand they're scared. No, I don't have to fucking understand they're scared. Is it, if, as I burn to death in my house As a firefighter stands outside Is somebody gonna yell at me You have to understand he's scared of fire Yeah That's the fucking job you picked asshole And yeah are there gonna be scary situations Is it scary when you're being sh- shot at I'm sure it is I've had a gun pointed at me it wasn't fun
1: I, don't, I just remember- But you signed up for it And you're fucking a car backfires And you shoot a blonde woman uh, I, what the fuck is that? I remember when we were little, and I'm sure, all three of us experienced it. You know, once a year, probably until about maybe the sixth grade, a police officer would come in and talk to you. You know, once a year, and it, it, you know, it had nothing. You know, maybe in the later years, stuff. Maybe to do it was with, about drugs. Just stuff to do a dare. But I remember all these guys saying, like the last thing, like firing, because you know, what is, what did little kids ask? You know, when and you go to any questions. Hey, have you ever shot somebody? Have you ever used your gun? Right, and these guys all would say the same thing. The gun was supposed to like absolute last thing, right? That was supposed to come into play. Like you've tried everything else, you've tried, you know, detaining them. A lot of
2: times, the answer is no. Yeah, in the suburbs, they don't even pull the gun. They're like, I've never had to
1: use it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I,
2: I've gestured to it before, so people know. Look, I'm the one with the gun. So how's this conversation going to (laughs) go? Yeah. But you don't have to draw the weapon and point it at their head to make that point. I think one of the biggest
3: issues that point to exactly how much of a problem we have with ill-trained police in this country is every time I see a video of police in other countries. Uh, There was one recently of a a guy in Thailand who walked into a police station with a knife and and started threatening a cop. You saw the
2: video? He would have been shot dead if oh, yeah. that guy walked into any, any police department in oh, yeah. America. But what and, happened in this situation? Guy talked, to not, talked him out of it.
3: And actually went over, hugged the guy, took the knife yeah. out of his hand, threw the knife a few feet away, sat the guy down, got him something to drink, and said, now tell me, what the fuck is going on? Are you walking into a police station with a knife threatening people? And then right. he got the story out of him. The guy was, it was recently homeless. He was basically a busker on the street who made his made what a little money he could by playing his guitar and singing for the public. And Poor someone had snapped.
4: stole
3: and, and someone had stole all his shit, including his guitar. He had no way to make a living. He snapped. He said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna take this out on somebody." Either that, or he's he was thinking, "I'm gonna go in here and fucking pull a knife." Suicide. And they're either they're either gonna kill me or they're gonna give me three hots in a cot, and yeah. I won't have to sleep on the street anymore. But I mean, every time I see a video like that. And it gets posted. And I don't care about the cop apologists. I'm taking them out of the equation for the moment. I see uh, the cops come comment on it. And instead of going, yeah, you know what? That should be a learning – that should that should be a teaching tool for cops yeah. all over the world. The first thing they do is they go, this is why this would never work in America. This is why this wouldn't happen in America. And it's like, like okay, you're arguing against – yeah, exa- exactly. Why don't you tell us why it w- why it wouldn't work? Because he'd get blown away. I mean, I think we all know the story of those two idiots that got pulled over, armed to the teeth with fucking mask and bulletproof vest by the, the, the Dearborn Police Department, and they were like, "Yeah, fuck you." When the officer and they were recording. And they were like, fuck you, and the officer walked away. Then they went right to the Dearborn Police Department and walked in. The only reason those fuckers didn't get lit up is because the cop who had pulled them over called ahead and said, you got two idiots who were fucking armed to the teeth, Yeah. saying they're they're, they're doing nothing more than exercising their Second Amendment right, and they're probably going to walk into the police station. Didn't but they just get sentenced, too? Yeah, but I guarantee you, if they'd have walked in and not put them weapons down when the cops told them, their brains would have been on the wall behind them.
1: They'd have been puddles. Yeah. They'd have buried them in a
3: fucking two-liter. But my question is, why is the first place these police mind goes is to that would never work in America? Is it because you think Americans are that much worse of of people than than anybody else in the country? Is it because we're just hardwired to be more violent? Or is it because you've been trained to believe that, and you've been trained to believe that, Peace through superior firepower, no matter how many bodies lay in the wake, is the only way to go when those situations arise. I, I think it's something right. you've, you've been, touched you've on been,
1: earlier, Rich. It, we're, we're getting, our, our military and our police are getting, our tactics are, are intermingling too much. You know, well,
2: yeah, in a major way because they're basically being told they have an enemy.
1: Well, t- the fact and, that, that
2: and that you're going to find yourself in a lot of you-or-them you or situations. Us-and-them
1: doesn't work. It, 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 I, I, I'm I don't like it when I see it anywhere, in any right, segment right. of society.
3: When people criticize military efficiency, and there is a lot to be criticized there, the one thing that they can't criticize is the military has found out how to hone the killing edge on the people in their ranks to get it as sharp as possible because the rates of people who when they have first contact in a firefight that freeze and don't shoot used to be north of 50 it was north of 70% in world war 2 it was north of 50% in world war or in uh, vietnam it's down in the teens now the Damn. minute they the minute they take incoming it's they start turning fire it's called duty effect now you take those type of people and you put them in a position where they are now police and we are completely militarizing the police after nine eleven because, hey, we're going to give the police all this money. And if you don't spend it, you don't get that money next year. So that's why the city of Westland has an armored personnel carrier. And I've had cops sit there and t- try to tell me why the 10th largest city in Michigan needs a tank. Of them,
1: well, the them white kids who you? smoke weed in the suburbs get out of control. You got to roll with the tank. The, the
2: real answer is because they loved G.I. Joe when they were kids.
1: I so did I.
2: And, not, okay. and now you got your own set.
1: I love T-Man. I don't run around in a fur loincloth. Let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell
2: you. Yeah, you do, motherfucker. Don't lie. Only, Get you
1: know, Mandy know, on the
3: podcast. will tell know, some only stories. On her, only on
1: her anniversary. You know. <laughs>
3: But no, I mean, hey look, I liked GI Joe when I was a kid too. If I want to play with a tank and take pictures of a tank, I go over to the fucking VFW on Hicks Road in Westland and with the tank out front that's
1: decommissioned
3: and and, and you can sit on top of the barrel and live out your big dick fantasy and take all the pictures you want. <laughs>
1: oh, we got, all right. we got a jet in Mount Clemens. This there is, you go. Oh yeah. Is,
2: yeah.
1: All right. I mean, you it, it, it's
2: it's frustrating because we only got missiles downriver, by the
3: way. <laughs> yeah, but you actually need those in some parts of downriver. <laughs> if, if a Melvindale police officer told me he needed a tank, I might be inclined to agree with him from time to time. <laughs> but hey, come on it's- now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> throwing shade downriver.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, I would have said dot, but, you know, they got a nice downtown area, at least from what I hear. I don't know. But anyways, no, I mean it's it's the same shit you know I was just I was just talking about this with a coworker the other day. One of the first episodes I was on was dominated, I think it was like the first or second was dominated by the talk of Ferguson. that was three years ago, and here we are three years later, and we're now on pace this year to have the most violent year as far as cops killing. Civilians, rightfully or wrongly, it does not matter when they—they're ca- just keeping the raw stats. We're on pace to shatter like a thirty-year record. Like we're already up close to seven hundred, and we're about halfway through the fucking. We're a little bit Wait, over halfway through the year.
2: I'm sorry, Rich. To clarify, are you talking about our area? Is this Detroit nationally? No, this is nationally. Okay, okay.
3: And, and that's just—that's just killed. That's not wounded, Maybe. assaulted. Put you know, in a wheelchair. Because we all know, if you run from the cops, when they catch you, every co- there's going to be 12 cops on you trying to pull you apart like you're being drawn and quartered, beating the shit out of you, yelling, stop resisting at the top of their lungs for their body cams and their dashboard cams.
1: That's what's going to happen. I had a buddy, automatically- I had a buddy who ran from the cops, and his story pretty much goes, you know, they finally catch me, they pull me out, they beat me. It's casually that's it he's like and he should have because i ran no fuck that no you shouldn't That, that shouldn't be accepted
2: i don't buy this idea of well don't run from the cops look the the cops are the fucking professionals in this situation okay what the fuck are we paying them for other than to show a little restraint in these situations Well, I, mean, I don't know. I, 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 can, I can even
3: go you one further to make you probably even more pissed off. And that was when I used to work loss prevention. And I don't know if the laws have changed in the last 20, 25 years. Mm-hmm. But when I was working loss prevention, we were directed to let the eye in the sky ca- catch them stealing something, pocketing something, crotching something. Then sure. yeah. they'd fucking hit us up. We would follow them. And we had to wait till they left the store. But yeah, once okay. they left the store, we were told, take them down any way you can, short of they can't walk out of the ER on their own. And I mean...
2: Get the fuck out.
3: I'm dead how serious. Long,
2: how long ago was this? 95,
3: 96?
1: I, see. Yeah, I okay. was going to say, was this before Ninety- the, the coffee lawsuit? <laughs> it sounds but, like, but no, I
3: mean, yeah. I'm I'm not joking. I I worked with the guy. I will not name a security firm. Um... And I won't name the gentleman because it's I'm not just—I'm just not going to do it. But anyways, they had videotape rolling, and what they did is someone in 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 loss prevention edited a videotape of all loss prevention taking down people who were stealing once they got outside. Did they shot World and, Star after and it? And they named—they no, this is well before World Star. They named it Cradle Rock. And so every time, fucking, we would be at parties, and this tape would get put in. And there'd be, you know, four or five loss prevention people taking down a guy and just, I mean, just right into a fucking curb face first. I and, you know, half half the people that were there that worked at the security company would yell out, Cradle Rock, at the same time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the... I mean, because I, like,
2: I worked retail and, you know, y- they tell you to, like, you can't confront somebody until after they leave the building. But, you know, if they, you know... Make a move at you. Don't try and fight them or anything. You know, just let them go.
3: Well, and that's probably another, much you can do. It's probably another reason a lot of well, <laughs> what's left of the retail stores, especially the big box retail stores, uh, probably don't. I, I, they probably don't have their own dedicated loss prevention, yeah. you know, groups anymore. It's it's when I worked at Toys R Us, we were lost. Every employee. That's every time you you were you know hired in, in a new store here come the general manager of the store and they gave you the same speech and when part of the speech was everybody here is loss prevention it's all our jobs to make sure that no one steals from us because if they do that means down the line you're not going to get a raise and of course i'd raise my hand and be like i've been here for four years i didn't get a raise so what the fuck's it matter <laughs> but you know that's that's just because right. you know shut up so i, I do, a do get a raise Wait, yeah, so
2: I, 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 do, I do get a raise if I catch somebody? Because I'll have my buddy up here in five minutes to stage a little five-figure uh, What
1: well, I'm saying, what we're saying is, beat that 10-year-old's ass and get those Legos back.
3: <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm saying is, it was the late 90s. I, I got a lot of friends who wear a lot of baggy clothes. They can fit a lot of shit in there. So the more I catch them with, the, is it the bigger the raise?
1: Yeah, is there a bounty on each person I catch? Cause I could arrange an extra couple hundred a week for old Rich. But
3: we, you know, we touched on it, but I mean, let's really go into the the details of the whole body cam thing. A cop in Baltimore, plain clothes, uh, drug enforcement units, were looked like they were behind like a, a, a house of some sort or something, or you know, in a some, in a vacant abandoned lot.
2: or ill kept uh, property. Yeah, yeah, and
3: the officer who his IQ must be like room temperature on a very cold day, Uh, didn't realize, even though he's wearing a body cam and he should know how every piece of equipment on his body works, that when he hits record, it actually records the previous 30 seconds before you hit record.
2: Right, it has a little buffer. It has a 30-second buffer. So as soon as you hit record, it captures that buffer and then continues the recording from there.
3: So he is literally seen hiding a bag of rocks in somewhere on this property walking out front past guys in plain clothes and fucking bulletproof vest who are laughing about it.
4: Yeah. They're watching
3: him do it. And then and then he goes up front and he acts like okay, like he's got the clapboard. Boom. Take 1. Go. And he's like let me look for these drugs and he goes right to this spot and he, he does like you know the obligatory let me look at like two or three different spots and then amazingly he, he moves something and he reaches into a pipe and boom he finds his big bag of crack
2: Did it, I, you could have shown me just that video without the 30 seconds prior and it would have been like bullshit There you find those drugs in there yeah, without a dog yeah yeah
3: now, now, all I can say is, first off, the first thing I thought is, somewhere, is it David Simon who created The Wire?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, did you see it preview for his new show? Sorry. Uh,
3: yeah, I, ha- I have
2: actually. I'm um, <laughs> flipping. But
3: yeah, all I can yeah. all I can say is that uh, 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 Ed Burns and and David Simon are sitting there, going, "Why is anybody shocked? Didn't we do like eight, uh, five seasons about this? Right. Like this. This isn't new shit, in Baltimore folks." We even, did, we even did a mini-series and a, an a NBC show called Homicide, Life on the Streets. That was in Baltimore. Like, this is, how, this is what police do. Not all police, but this is what police do when they're trying to fucking juice the numbers.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's overcorrection that they, because they feel it's justified. Like, look, all I'm trying to do is put this guy behind bars who I know is a drug slinger. So, but again, the ends justify the means.
3: But let's be honest, that amount of crack, that's not kingpin amount of crack that was planted. All right, so no. if you're going to... That dude's going to do... If he's got priors, what, tops, five, ten years? Really? Really? You're going to...
2: I mean... Fuck, I mean, if you want to start talking facts, Rich, we have 30 years of proof that the drug war doesn't work anyway. Yeah, well, so sh- what are you, what are you proof, really
3: doing? Proof is a white male invention to prove that everything is wrong there's right. no such thing as proof and evidence haven't we we've covered That's, this
2: I'll, I'll stop trying to oppress people with my facts now
3: <laughs> but no i i mean when i saw it i'm not gonna lie i was laughing pretty hard because i was like oh, yeah I was I was hearing like the in the background. I'm like, what kind of Benny Hill bullshit is this? This is like a bad Monty Python skin.
2: I mean, this is just like ridiculous. Key, like Keystone Cops. exactly.
1: And, and are we surprised there's some shadiness coming from the Baltimore Police Department? We, Not we at sh- all. That's why this is funny. Didn't, like, didn't we do it, this with Freddie Green already?
2: Like uh, now that now they're stupid enough to record themselves doing this shit.
1: And
3: I mean, are we really shocked that cops feel that they have to break the law themselves to get the numbers up so the politicians can say we're making more Mm -hmm. drug busts than ever, which are doing absolutely nothing to change the fact that you bust the guy standing on that corner and there's a different guy on that corner an hour later selling the same shit?
2: Right. And if you don't think this behavior is a slippery slope, look at our president.
1: Yeah, it means you can be president.
2: W- willing to willing to break the law to do what he thinks is justified. Hillary was an unjust candidate. She didn't she didn't deserve to be president.
1: Lock her up. She was, Lock she her was a, up. She
2: was a criminal. So he
1: had
2: to he had to commit crimes to prevent a criminal from being in charge.
3: Isn't this the same mentality that at least I shit on the SJWs about all the time because they're running around crying about they don't care about. Doing the right thing, they care about. This isn't fair, and we need to do something about it. No matter what it is, no matter how rash it is, no matter whose rights get taken away from them. I mean, this is
4: like—it's
3: mm-hmm. the same mentality. It's no, well, I hear it, you. She's not a, She's she doesn't deserve to be president. Well, okay. Are you basically Donald? Why don't you just get on there and tell her to check her privilege? I mean, it really. I mean, is it, even Malcolm X, who. I, if he didn't coin the term, at least made it popular in the twentieth century. Ends justified the means. After his trip to Mecca came back and sang a totally different tune. But see, that's the part of his autobiography that the they gets buried because everybody just just like
1: Is it just by like any the, means necessary? Isn't that Malcolm X? Right. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, both yeah, both have been attributed to him over time. But like but once again, like I said, after Mecca, when he went to Mecca and he said, Oh the shit I was learning from Farrakhan, or not Farrakhan, but uh, Elijah Muhammad, that's all bullshit. And he came back and he changed his tune, but that's not talked about in popular culture. It's the angry Malcolm X we want to fucking hear. It's the one saying...
1: We didn't land on Plymouth Rock?
3: Plymouth Rock landed on us, yeah. I mean, it's the one that says the ends justify the means. And now we have it, in the, we have it unabashedly in the, in, in the highest elected office in the land. I mean, and he, I don't even, gun to his head, he doesn't even probably, he, I guarantee you he doesn't think there's anything
2: wrong with it. No, no because he like, feels ju- he feels justified. Exactly. He knows what he did. He knows that he can't tell most people and that in the end he was justified and the nation is better off because of it. But That's I- what he truly
1: believe i'm of the opinion no this is shit he's been doing his whole career he just oh, now yeah. has, he just now has a light huh. shown on it because, oh, that's right. because when it's in boardrooms nobody gives a fuck
3: well also this is to me his entire presidency so far i used to question why the fuck do we have law- so many lawyers that are politicians now i know why and i should have really reasoned this out before now because Businessmen make shitty politicians because businessmen go, do it, do it like I said, this way, because I fucking said so. And that doesn't work in politics. Lawyers know how to look for the loophole, know how to get around the laws, know how far they can bend the law before it, it, they break it. That's why they make such, quote-unquote, better politicians. I mean, that's a very relative way of looking at it, better, but you, you get what I'm saying. He just comes in and he's just like he's used to just like, just like we've we've talked about before. He's used to coming in, sitting down at the head of the fucking table, and going, "It's going to be like this." And you're fired, and you're fired, and uh, this idiot yeah. over here who married my daughter, he's now in charge of this department, and you over here, you're in charge of this department, and meeting over with. Have Don't a nice play. day, and now having to explain himself.
2: Trump would he would make a horrible lawyer, and he makes a worse politician. Oh, definitely. I mean, his hubris is so evident in this, the, the interview that he did with the New York Times. So you wanted, everybody. Is this your outsider. He's, he is, what was that? He was... A, ras- uh,
1: a raspberry.
2: Oh. He was, uh, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, uh, Trump and Sessions. So, in this interview with New York Times, he says about Sessions that, it's tol- that it's totally unfair to him that he recused himself from the Russia investigation, saying that why would he even take this job if he knew he couldn't do the job? Oh, the fuck you just said, little kid. Which makes it clear that Trump's understanding of the attorney general is somebody whose job it is to protect him. Or so at you, least... Your personal least, police officer? At least this particular attorney general i think that i mean that was the understanding that they had certainly at least this, that was the understanding that trump had apparently was that he would put in place somebody who would shield him from this russia investigation and he i mean he straight up says in this interview it's totally unfair yeah that what if you lost your shield <laughs> right the other ridiculous thing that he said that stood out in there was um, let's see, he claims that uh, that Comey was trying to leverage information over him to keep his job, but he also says that uh, he was I believe he was asked by the reporter about what would happen if the investigation that Mueller was, was undertaking went into Trump's personal finances and his businesses and he didn't come out and say that that would be cause for removal, which he can do. He can choose to fire the special prosecutor, but just wouldn't look good. But he he, he was, uh, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he was like that. Again, it's this idea of fairness. It would be very unfair and that he, that his investigation would, uh, oh yeah, here we go. So that I would say yes. Oh, he says uh If uh, Mueller's investigation would cross a red line, if it would expand to look at his finances, his family's finances beyond any relationship to Russia, Trump said, I would say yes. I think that's a violation. Look, this is about Russia. And sure enough, the next day it comes out, well, Mueller is actually looking at his family's finances because that's where all this evidence of, of collusion with Russia is going to be. And it, is he going to find something? Absolutely, we know he's done business with Russia. So again, it's not a it's not a magic. It's not a it's not the the thing that's going to get Trump out of power. But
1: what will be? But we keep hearing so many things, and I guess this kind of gets into what we were talking about earlier today. What's going? Can we stop getting? Can we stop running with every maybe? Like in. I'm to the point with the press, like, I don't want to hear nothing until you got something. Like, I'm tired of of getting my hopes up.
3: The problem is the the press don't, they have to report every little thing because one one news channel feels if they don't, then another news channel will. And if that turns out to be the so-called smoking gun, then they're going to get, then the other news channel can go, we brought it to you first. We had it exclusive. Well, and that's bane of news channels and newscasters' ex- existence these days.
2: There's also the idea that, re- regardless of how how you may believe that politicians think of of their uh, the people who vote for them, they are scared of them and and scared of losing their support and being basically fired from their job. And this the news, while it doesn't you know further the investigation per se to have the people know about it it does allow the outrage to be heard in a way that could possibly put pressure on these politicians and the more outrage they start to hear from their the people who are actually uh, going to be voting for them the less likely they are to actually stand by trump so are we in the realm of political theater
1: hey look constituents i'm doing something no, it's not
2: political theater. It's pressure. It's straight up saying, we're going to fire your ass if you don't do something about this. I mean, the, the general population already did their job getting Trump into office. It's going to be up to us, ultimately, to get him out of office. And while as much as, it, as it's at the, the hands of uh, our representatives there, we still have control over those representatives. The problem is they half of us
1: don't remember the, like I hope I'm, I hope in 20 I hope next year we got a much higher turnout than we usually do in midterms. Hmm.
2: So <clears throat> I mean listen I understand the frustration of a process that seems to move very slow. A lot of uh, a, a ton of information that seems to go nowhere. But it is going to be ultimately the the common man the people of this nation to decide what happens because if we all said collectively we don't give a fuck about any of this we can't make heads or tails of it then the government would just happily go on its merry way doing business the way it feels fit so i it mean the the, the, the reporting already. the reporting on everything no i mean the it, it's arguable what to what degree they get away with any of this shit, but again, this is a this is a test of how much shit we we let them get away with. I think we're all worn out on Trump, though.
1: All right, so that's this week in Trump. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll keep it short. It's no shortage of material,
2: Although, Yeah, but I mean, we did because I didn't. I agree. I didn't want to talk about Trump a lot because there was a lot of shit going on this week. And there was the uh Lincoln Park singer, Chester Bennington. That his name is Bennington? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's it. Yeah. Another unfortunate suicide of a, a singer. Not one that I was a fan of, but. Yeah,
1: I don't think I don't think any of the three of us I don't think this is a really big loss to yeah. the three of us.
2: I don't even understand what what their sticking power is. I mean, the only thing that huh. set them apart really, in my, to my ears, was the fact that they knew how to use harmony. Eh,
1: see, and
2: did they though?
1: Cause it's, well, they, they lots used, of
2: studio. Okay. Trickery let, with this band. They knew, they knew that harmony, such thing as creating harmonies existed, and they used that to their advantage.
1: Yes, it did. They knew it would sell them records. Correct. But, eh. I mean, yes, it's sad. He has six kids. Which is, is, is this guy Catholic or Mormon or something? Six yeah, kids. I, I know. He, two,
2: two wives,
3: I guess. His his pullout game is shit. He can't pull out the driveway,
1: <laughs> apparently. But, eh. I, I, I think this is I, I, I think this is a line in the sand for us gentlemen, as far as age. I think people five to this ten guy years. Is my age. No, but I say as far as yeah. impact, I think people five to ten years younger than us probably care a lot more about this than we do. Oh you know, yeah, I, I get you.
3: It's weird though because a lot of my friends are only a year or two younger than me, and like the just outpouring of grief about this, and I'm just like, wow, man. Like, I get that. To my, most of my friends, I'm a music snob, so even when Linkin Park first hit, I was like, really? That's the most watered-down fucking rap rock I've heard in a long time. Yeah, this
1: hit when I was yeah. doing radio, and my first initial impression was, this sounds like a boy metal band. I didn't know there was worse than 311. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's fighting words to some stoners. <laughs> All
3: right, the one thing I'll give 311, though, is at least they're fucking positive. And they can play. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, said,
1: I uh, did say worse then. <laughs> yeah, but to me, I thought this when I when I initially I first heard this I was like this is boy band metal, this is Justin Timberlake with fucking crunchy guitars, like at that. Well, right, and I mean, it's no the musically it's really
2: no different than anything else that was going on at the time. It was just they liked a certain type of distortion on their guitars, and so they're like, it's new metal. Yeah
1: well it also I'm like you're fucking
2: Evanescence like, it's
1: it's also it's
3: uh, I guess the problem is, is that it's the same reason that I quickly outgrew ACDC like when I was a kid and you first hear all those ACDC riffs it's like oh that's fucking it's awesome because you're a kid you've never heard it before fast forward five years and you're like oh my fucking god dude if I gotta hear Thunderstruck one more time
2: <laughs>
3: yeah I can't you I know, can't do it like, you know uh,
2: I'll confess, like, my first thought upon hearing about it or, or reading the story about his death wasn't like, who gives a fuck about this band? I mean, my first thought was I feel really bad for both the wives and six kids that he left behind. And that's a really fucked up story. And, you know, nobody should go like that by their own hand, in my opinion, but uh, that's a bold stance, I know. Uh, but... um. Yeah, this. I don't understand the reaction to it because I guess I don't even really get it. It makes a little more sense when it's somebody who I believe has talent that uh, that passes.
1: This is the worst eulogy ever. I don't but
2: yeah, well, yeah. Don't look to this podcast if you're looking for a eulogy of this of Chester. But even when. You know, somebody who made music that did affect my life passes. Not like I'm unfeeling, but never fucking shed a
1: tear for somebody. Chris Cornell killed himself. I was bummed. I didn't cry.
2: Yeah, I bought tons of his albums, loved his music. Thought he was, like, one of the most accomplished singers of of his time. And, you know, I was like, oh, man, that's fucked up, and that's too bad, and, and the world is a different place without him, yeah. But I didn't know the fucking guy. I'm not going to miss him.
3: Well, it might. I I guess
2: that's why I wanted to talk about this because it's more. It's not so much about this guy. We don't. We don't need to slag on Lincoln Park anymore. Who are these people who are so emotionally affected by people that they have never met, will never, would never have met, and if they did, wouldn't give two shits about them? I.
3: Maybe this speaks to how like white my friends list has become in the last like year and a half. But I swear there's proof of your whiteness. There's as many people posting today that they are sobbing while posting this message
2: about him killing himself.
3: That that were saying they were crying
2: over Prince dying. Pixar, it didn't happen. First of all.
3: Well, and I mean, also, I find it funny you know that most of the people on my friends list who are going, he took the easy way out, the pussy way out, are the people who constantly look, have gone through life, and I've known them for over half their lives, so I can say this with some authority. These are people that have gone over half their life constantly looking for the easiest way to take.
4: And I'm like, you know,
3: dude, shut the fuck up, because I remember you fucking making some really dumb decisions because you didn't want to work very hard. In fact, the, you would work harder looking for a bag of weed at 25 than you would a job, right? <laughs> so shut the fuck up, okay? Right.
2: They've, you can't make any judgment of what's easy for, or hard for somebody else because you have no idea what they've went
3: through. I mean, obviously, I didn't know this, and one of my friends who apparently was a bigger fan than I ever knew, he actually posted an interview with him from a couple of years ago that went pretty in-depth into his life. Apparently this guy was like Beaten, molested by his father and his uncle And I mean This shit tends to stick with you Pretty much all your life one way or the other And if you don't deal with it 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 can really raise its head In some very vicious fucking ways It can rip your life apart At any point in your life Unannounced And,
2: And when you're paid millions of dollars to be a musician To be a musician There's endless ways to distract yourself From dealing with that Exactly. And I mean, until it's just too much, apparently.
3: The one thing I'll have to give him is that as a musician, since Linkin Park broke, he stayed busy. Because even when Linkin Park went on hiatus, he went and made a fucking record with Stone Temple Pilots. He was their new lead singer yeah. for a record and a we'll, tour.
1: We'll talk about that. <laughs> okay.
3: And I mean, he, he was even like real good buddies with Chris Cornell to the point where he was on tour with them. They'd, yeah. it, they'd, they'd get on stage and do hunger strike together you know I mean so he was a type of guy who definitely fucking he was a worker and maybe that was the way he dealt with it maybe he had a down period in his life and he didn't know how to deal with it I don't fucking know and neither does anyone else at this point anyone else is commenting on it at least the only people who really know what's going on with him are people that are closest to him and even then you never really know what goes on in another person's head and and right you know the the thing that no matter what suicide it is no matter who it is celebrity non-celebrity friend someone you just hear about in the news the one thing that, that on a long enough timeline talking about it eventually gets said is how selfish of him to do this to the people around him and my rebuttal to that is how selfish are the people around him if he's suffering this fucking much to expect him to continue to go through it for you to stay comfortable if you're that worried about his mental health and you're that close to him, why didn't you do something about it? Why didn't you right. fucking call him up and go, hey, man, let's go out and grab something to eat and just shoot the shit and talk to him. Why don't you show up unannounced at his house a few times and, and, and see if he's living in fucking, you know, some sort of depressed state and try to help him out of it. But no, it's just easier to sit back after the fucking the deed's been done and just go, oh, fuck him. Uh, how selfish you know and once again i quote him all the time but i i, I really do subscribe to doug stanhope's theory on suicide suicide's like life is, and choosing to end your life is like watching a bad movie if you watch half that movie most likely the last half ain't gonna get better you got every right to get up and walk out on it it's you paid the money to to fucking watch that movie now, does it suck that he has six kids and two? I, I guess one. I'd hope he has one ex-wife, but maybe he is Mormon. I don't know. But I mean, yeah. But I, if it's, I don't know. It's, 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 it's. We've talked about suicide a few times on the show because people having killed themselves. Most recently, Chris Cornell. I think the first time was honestly Robin Williams.
1: Yeah, it's like and yeah. the first show I think maybe even. Oh yeah. And,
3: or first we, show with
1: Rich, I think.
3: And I mean, it's 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 one of those subjects that I can't just go, oh, it's this or this. There's a whole spectrum of gray area, and the closer you are to the actual person who did it, probably the more gray area you have, and you're going to have to sift through and try to fucking deal with the situation. And the, the shitty thing is, is that. This, this guy's kids, unless his family that is left over are fucking just outstanding type of people and just shelter them from fucking the, the, the rest of the world. And I'm not saying shelter them by like lock them up and make them wear masks like they're Michael Jackson's kids. I'm talking like just go, look, here's the deal. We're not going to put shove these kids out in the spotlight. We're not going to have them trying to be fucking stars when they're 15 and have reality shows at 16 and all this shit. All right, we're just gonna let them be regular fucking kids. And yeah, it's it it sucks. It's a tragedy. Your dad killed himself, but if he'd have died in a plane crash, if he'd have died in a bus accident on tour, all right, life goes on no matter what. I mean, I my my yeah. My that's dad, why the
2: truth, the truly unselfish uh, suicide is when you stage it, make it look like a robbery, die a hero. Damn it.
3: <laughs> well, either that or uh, Get in the car with Paul Walker or Ryan Dunn oh, I mean I, Well I mean shit We Dang. all got that friend that gets drunk and drives And we, we've all taken our lives in our hands By sitting in the passenger seat at least once
1: oh, yeah. hey, I passed on that OJ Simpson Lincoln Park meme today to a guy I work with And he just You know he was talking about to too soon and I just told him, Nope not since 4chan has existed Too soon is dead <laughs> dude this is no bullshit
3: I saw the memes about his death before I found out he died and I was like what the fuck is going on? and the first meme I saw was a picture of Eminem with glasses on looking kind of like Chester Bennington and it said R.I.P. Chester Bennington and I was like isn't it the guy from Lincoln Park what the fuck what the, what's going on here and then finally someone posted you know yeah L.A. County Coroner said he, they found him and he was dead and he's been pronounced dead from suicide I'm like we have entered the time period where the memes hit social media quicker than the actual news. This is the first time I ever remember that happening with a story like this.
1: I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad. Thing.
3: Well, I remember when Scott Weiland died. Like the next day, it said "Congratulations to Scott Weiland, 24 hours clean." And I thought, <laughs> I thought that was ruthless. I was like, "Damn, his body ain't even cold yet." I mean this one just proved to me the internet just will, like I said in the, in the group chat it'll just face fuck your feelings straight into the ground it does not care it does not give a shit
1: there's a high bar since Aaron Hernandez That's the high point of the year for the internet yeah and I and, and
3: I, I, I agree with you I still don't understand the people that came out and were like you should never make fun of someone that kills themselves no matter what crime they've committed and it's like if he killed two of your family members, would you be saying this shit? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, I'm. Just, look, I. If a child molester kills himself, okay, less money the taxpayers and he, yeah. and he doesn't prison, less money the taxpayers got to spend. Right.
2: It's always sad when somebody dies. No, like, no, it's not. No, no, not always. Not really. Some, yeah. some people are not, not not Chester Bennington, but some people, leave, you know, leave the
1: earth a better place when they go. Be, just because I bet, the, I bet the Jews were pretty juiced when they heard Hitler killed himself. Yeah, I
3: bet, yeah, I bet yeah. Bet they, bet they weren't all fucking weeping and going, "Oh, it's horrible."
1: Well, oh, they're probably well, like, eh, "You're about
2: ten, fifteen years too late," but we appreciate the thought. <laughs> yeah, but I mean,
3: I, I have family members that have died, and my f- there are parts of my family that are brutally honest, and. There wasn't a whole lot of mourning. It was this person was an asshole. This person was was a piece of shit. And yeah, the whole world's a better place now that they're not in it. Yeah, shitty people die too. That's one thing that I, I for all the for all the bullshit my family has has shoved on me through being you know my upbringing and everything, the one thing I I really do appreciate is. The raw honesty of death does not make angels of us all. Stop it. My family family never bought into that shit. The minute you die, you become like this perfect, pure as the driven snow creature that never did anything wrong. That is not my family.
1: You're a child of Jesus now.
3: Well, they say all that shit, but they say he was an absolute miserable asshole, but Jesus forgave him. I'm like, oh, that, that must be nice. So all those kids he killed... What, they're yeah, talking about heaven.
2: broken systems. Yeah, Jesus is... The biggest is, loophole in the world right there is to, to get into heaven.
3: Jesus is sitting there with the kids that that, that that my family member killed going, okay, now, little Johnny, see that man over there? That's the man that killed you. But on his deathbed, he asked for my forgiveness. So I got him, I'm going to go over there and say hi to him.
2: Why, Why do you want to get into your heaven? Like, you have such low standards. It would be a horrible place. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I want to rock out on the lake of fire.
1: <laughs> cliché? Well, I mean, Hell's got a better band.
3: Well, yeah, and on top of that, if heaven's
2: full of Christians, who the fuck wants to go there? Huh. Any asswipe can like squeak out some sort of confession. I don't want to right before his death rattle and
1: that's who you're going to be hanging out with for eternity. I don't want to party with Joel Osteen in the afterlife. I want to party with Jimi Hendrix. Some religions, you I don't want to drink with be- Jim Morrison.
3: Some, the only way you can hang with Jim Morrison drinking is if you already are dead. Hey, I'm already I'm dead. Let's go. Know. Leave the bottle. Just piss on the floor like usual, Jim. Let's go. Come on. Hey, Kurt Cobain uh, can show up. He can bring the heroin. We're already dead. But no, man, I mean,
1: yeah.
3: it, it, it it is, it, yes, it's fucked up. It's sad. And, I mean, I, look, I've... As dark as as someone who might listen to this podcast and think my sense of humor is, I've shared some fucking memes and video clips with you guys in the group chat. You know how dark my shit is. I mean, like, I I laugh at shit that people are, like, horrified that even someone said, let alone made a joke out of. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I'm just looking at this situation going, yeah, it's fucked up. But, I mean, dude.
1: Hey, you know what I've learned in three years of doing these podcasts with you guys and studying stand-up comedy? Throughout my life, just as an admirer of it, if you're making someone going, oh Jesus, you're doing it right.
3: Well, you know, it's like it's like the first time I heard the joke. You know, what's the difference? What's the difference between a six year old and a bag of coke to Eric Clapton? Eric Clapton would never let a bag of coke fall out a window. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
4: jeez.
3: You know now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it would have been. It would have been locked up. It wouldn't have just been sitting on that windowsill. So. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know. Hey, you know, would you know my
3: name? But no, I mean, like as fucked up as that joke is, and as much as I've I like, Clapton's, you know, work with cream and et cetera, et cetera. I still laughed at it. This shit is funny. When I saw a picture of Stevie Ray Vaughan and Eric Clapton together, and someone captioned it, it should have been Eric. I laughed my ass off. <laughs> What's I mean, this? I, 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 you know, I, look, I, I it's the same reason doctors. Distance themselves from patients because if they don't, they'll go crazy. And all these people run around who are who are claiming. I, I really, I believe most of them are full of shit. But the ones that are really this affected by a complete stranger's death, right? Go get some. Go get some therapy.
2: No shit. Yeah. Because look, as you grow older, more people that uh, whose albums you bought and movies watched. Are going to start dying. And I don't know if you can deal with that life where people are just dropping like flies.
3: Exactly. And believe me, once your age starts with a four and there's another digit after it, people you grew up all your entire life who you just took for granted were going to be there forever are not going to be there. And I'm not even talking necessarily about celebrities or musicians or shit. I'm talking about family members. And if this is, if you're 25 and this, him killing him, Chester killing himself, has broke you. I hope you got a real good support system for one of your for when one of your parents dies.
2: I didn't I, even shed a tear for Kurt Cobain, and I was sixteen fucking years old and yeah. he shot himself. I felt fucked up over it. Yeah,
1: I was. I didn't, didn't
2: cry. I didn't know who the fuck Kurt Cobain was.
1: I like, I knew who he was, but I didn't know who he really was. I like had a collage of all the newspaper articles on my wall and shit. But yeah, I didn't cry. Wasn't you know, Lane Staley died. I wasn't. You know, I was bummed, but again, I was like, you know, God "Yeah, guy loves heroin." We expect like, nut up. You got to move on with your yeah. life. I, it is, it is just, it is fucked up
3: that, it, for me, that when I hear of a musician or a creative person that kills themselves anymore, I'm not even shocked because I've known people that were creative in the arts in some way who've killed themselves, and when I've known them personally, it makes it a little different. Because I can't, you know. Obviously, you don't go to the funeral cracking jokes, but at the same time, there's a handful of my friends who we know each other well enough to where I pull them aside, like let's go get a cigarette, and we go outside, and I'm like, is anybody really shocked? We all knew this person. We all knew how 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 this person this person was either you know bipolar, schizophrenic. We constantly go off their meds. Whatever. This isn't the first time they tried to commit suicide. If they hadn't succeeded, it probably wouldn't be the last, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's just, it seems like it's par for the course. To me, that's the saddest part of this is that, you know, we've come so far in uh, as a race of humans, but yet we 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 still can't figure out like, you know, what the fuck is wrong with people to where they get to this point? And we can't fit, you know, we can't. Treat the problem besides, here, we're just going to throw a medication at you. It's going to turn you into a zombie, and your dick won't work right. There you go. Right. Feel better now? And it's like, yeah, I feel nothing. And, I mean, I've been, I, I, growing up, my mom forced me on a couple different medications that, that I didn't need to be on. And I can tell you, one of them, I felt nothing. I just walked around numb for six months. And when I finally, like, it... Gave a shit enough to express to the fucking doctor who prescribed me this shit that he flipped the fuck out and took me off it and he goes, that's how, that's how people end up killing themselves on this medication. Yeah. You know, that's what. It's not that it depresses them. It's that they can't feel anything, and it be. It's almost like they're walking around and everything's surreal. And it's kind of like when I got older and took acid. It's like walking around on low grade acid, without the fun of it. If that makes any sense. To hey, to I know anybody. someone
1: who went through a breakdown and the meds that they were on after the breakdown, they, they had to tell the doctor, Hey, uh, you know, you, you, gotta, we gotta figure something else out because I feel like a zombie. I walk around all day feeling nothing.
3: So- exactly. I've had friends that were so heavily medicated that they would cut themselves. And I mean, these are people who had, you know, serious issues, mental issues and stuff, and they would try new medications and they would like cut themselves, not on purpose. Like cooking or something and they they would just go oh and just like wrap it up and i'm like dude you probably want to go to the hospital man i mean i'm looking at bone dude no i'll be fine it's just calm as hell and it's like that's that's not a normal response to that like i don't you don't have to go into hysterics but you don't even give a fuck that you're bleeding and cut to the
1: bone that's a problem i'm telling you you might want to be concerned exactly I mean, that's
3: what I expect out of people who are obliterated drunk or high and they hurt themselves like that. Not someone who's quote-unquote bone sober. Uh, but, I'm, I mean, but then again, and this is pure reckless speculation on my part, are, is any of us going to be shocked when the, when it, if the tox report comes out and it says that he was on some sort of crazy prescription medication?
1: Nope. A la, a la Chris
3: Cornell? Hey,
1: I got my I first mean, official too soon on the O.J. Simpson-Lincoln Park meme on Facebook, by the way.
3: I I know who it is too. <laughs> I'll tell you when we're done recording, and you're gonna you're gonna be amused by who it is. But um, but no, I mean it's come out after the, you know we haven't really talked about Chris Cornell ever since the, the first episode after he killed himself, but it's come out afterwards that he was so fucked up on Adderall and whatever else they had him on, and he was in he was here in Detroit at, at like Motor City Casino. On his smartphone, turning on and off the lights at his house in Seattle. I mean, he he couldn't even fucking realize what he was doing. See, I,
1: here, I'm putting on my tinfoil hat because I know a couple people who are on Adivan and they're saying that's bullshit. They're saying they drink on Adivan and never once. It's Adivan's supposed to just make you want to do shit.
3: Adivan or Adderall? No. Oh, no, at,
1: antidepressant. Yeah, you're right. I always could Adivan and Adderall. But. Yeah, uh, both these people are like, no man, there's something else.
3: Adavan is what they give people. Like, I know a lot of people who've gone through detox and they give it to them for anti-anxiety to keep them from to to help them calm down, to keep them from you know that whole oh my god, my skin's crawling and you know they're climbing the walls. Yeah, that's
1: right. That's what it chills you out. That's what I'm taking for panic attacks and shit.
3: Yeah, when my mom was when my mom was in hospice, they snowed her on Ativan. They kept her on so much Adderall. At a certain point, I looked at the nurse and I said, "Is this for us or for her?" And she goes, "What do you mean?" I said, "Because she's co- she's practically comatose."
1: Yeah, and I'm she wasn't like ma- this
3: before you started giving her all I'm this told shit. It
1: just makes you want to do nothing. Like it doesn't. It, like it doesn't really affect you one way or the other. Like,
3: well, I mean, it, you can abuse any substance, and if he was the type of person who's like. I'm Chris Cornell. I've taken this many drugs in my life before, so I'm gonna fucking take twenty of them instead of you know, f- the two I'm prescribed.
2: Well, well, first of all, you did heroin and didn't die, so what are, what are some pills that a doctor gave to you <laughs> gonna do?
3: And yeah, and I can tell you right now, I know a lot of I don't know a lot of heroin addicts who've woke up in the hospital who had that exact thought. Right. What the fuck is actually gonna do to me? I, I used to shoot heroin.
2: Yeah, bet you can't kill me with pills. Well, turns out you can.
3: But, yeah, I'm just not going to be shocked if something comes out that there was something in the system. And as fucked up as it is, I mean, it's almost anytime I hear, especially musician, suicide, I think. Drugs. what, What was he on? Yeah. Or what was he trying to kick? You know, case in point, when that, when, uh, um, I don't remember the actor's name, but he played Lafayette in, in uh, True Blood. When it came out that he had died oh, yeah. at 39 of heart failure, I was at a graduation party and it popped up on my phone. I showed it to my buddy and I said it's either drugs or he was withdrawing from alcohol or something. Yeah. Or, or, he, or he had an undiagnosed condition. No one drops dead at 39 of a heart condition. For I, I mean, we've all seen True Blood. The man was not in bad shape. Yeah. yeah. You know. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure that they have unless had he had more
1: scenes with his shirt off than on. Exactly. And then what happens? It
3: comes out that he, he was trying to quit cold turkey drinking and boom, exactly what can happen to you in the worst case situation happened. So, I mean, once again, when I heard that, first thought I went to is what was he on? I mean, it, when Keith Richards dies, I'm going to be like, what is he on? And we all know Keith Richards should be dead 10 times over
1: by now. What's Keith Richards on? Well, the problem is he stopped.
3: <laughs> what is Keith Richards not on? That's the problem.
1: <laughs> His body didn't know what to do and just said, "Oh, hey, wait a matey we're done." Uh, it's, you know, and I hate like we're making light of it because it's a dead body, so a couple wives, six kids, but this is just one of those. Yeah, all right, moving on. I hate I, God. I'm minimizing death. I hate to sound like that, but.
3: This is this is how I deal with that. When people fucking go, how can you tell me to move on? I look at them and go, how long have we known each other? 20 years. And yeah, my dad died 15 years ago. Did you give a single fuck? Well, I didn't know him. Well, you didn't know this guy either. So why is it okay for you right. to be all fucking tore down and brokenhearted? But yet it's just, oh, man, that sucks. Your dad died. Anyways, you want to go to the Red Wings game?
2: Right. If anything, this kind of proves that you didn't really know this person. That you're so shocked that they could kill themselves. Well, yeah, because you had no idea what their life was really like. Just because you listened to his songs and, and read the lyrics and understood them doesn't mean that you understand the man.
3: Well, I do have to say this. I kind of thought that, that and I, this was one of the criticisms I always leveled at fucking Linkin Park. I thought they were jumping on the whole new metal uh Boo-hoo, Mommy and Daddy Didn't Show Me Enough Attention, I'm So Angsty, Bandwagon. Apparently, this dude was writing those lyrics from a place where it wasn't fiction. I mean, so, you know, I just thought it was something to sell albums. So there I am standing with an egg on my face on that one. But that's just because I'm cynical about the music business. You know, I just, I've heard too many stories of, of musicians and we're not, and, and we're talking people like the Rolling Stones turning in an album to a record company. I'm, I'm going, nah, go back to the fucking drawing board. I don't hear a single. And it's like, are you kidding me? We just handed you Let It Bleed, and you're going to tell us that there's there's no hits on this album?
1: So, yeah, I'm pretty jaded too. Oh, hey,
2: jaded one. Here's some encouraging news. Then, guess who's uh, going to beat Trump in 2020? Who? Ma- Maxine Waters.
1: Of course, she is
2: that <laughs> she's, she's looking at running. So our problems are solved, you know? Hey, the Democrats got their shit together.
3: <laughs> you know, I wanted to throw out a possible, just a, a scenario at you guys and get your opinion on it. Do you, think, do you think the Democrats are such slaves at this point to to identity politics that if there was a white male politician in their party who could beat Trump, that they would fucking go with nope. a black politician a female politician because well that's what our yep. base is going to say we need to do yep. who it, who has a way less chance of beating trump even by their own polling do you the, think they would push that candidate over the a fact slam dunk? that it
1: is almost yeah. a year after the election it is six months into trump and they're still talking we're still figuring out our message absolutely i think they would do that the guy that body slammed a reporter won his election. Like, Well, I to be fair, everybody had already voted, but. But you, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, there's, there's all these special elections going on that Republicans are still winning. Like I said it in the chat, 2018's next year, fuckheads. Actually, I think I said dickholes. But, I mean, oh, you're going to. You, record corrected. Yeah. you going to figure it out anytime soon, or.
2: Like. Wait, what was their? Uh, what was the the Democrats' message?
1: Donald Trump is bad. That's what it was in November.
2: No, no, no. They they were like, oh, for two thousand eighteen, we've got it all worked out. It was
1: like, I can't remember shit.
2: I thought one of us had shared it on the group chat, but it might have been something I saw on Twitter.
1: Well, there's, I mean, there's a really really great sign if you can remember it. If I, if if the Democrats
3: are willing to fucking throw another election and, and get another four years of Trump just to fucking pander to a very, which I'm sure if you broke it down by the numbers is a very small minority of their fucking base, then we've officially reached, we've, we've gone beyond the tipping point of, of just functionally retarded and into the land of, we need help feeding ourselves retarded in this country when it comes to politics. And, I mean, I've as much shit as we talk, I like to think we're not that far gone. But you two instantly said, yep, they'd do that. And everybody else I've talked to, Republican or Democrat, have said the same thing.
1: Hey, here you go. Um, here it is. You ready? Yeah. A better deal, better skills, better jobs, better wages. That is their rallying cry for the... 2018 midterms.
2: What? I mean, say what you will about drill, baby, drill. Uh, people remembered that shit, and it meant something to some people. I, sure, I don't know.
1: I mean, I mean, I look. Just keep, just keep pushing, just keep pushing that wedge in between us. I don't. It's been working so well for you. A lot of people,
2: myself included, don't vote based on who's got the better slogan. But it's also... You can't say that it, that it doesn't matter. And if you don't have a tidy way to sum up your message, then what the fuck is your message?
1: Uh, to me, that my first impression is that comes We're across... We're going to get jobs? That comes across as extraordinarily classist. That's just another that, thing to just divide us up.
2: I don't know. I mean, I think they tried to take what was maybe the only positive successful part of Trump's candidate uh, candidacy which is the jobs thing you know that's a big part of his push was that he was gonna get more people working but it's even got it's and,
1: even got that divisive language in it better better but like it's it's that it's that condescension that comes from that side of the aisle like it it's it's I guess it's not so subtle in this slogan, really.
2: Right, whereas Trump was saying, you're going to get your old job back. You're going to go back to work at the fucking coal mine, and I'm going to call it a success, because I got, I don't know, a few thousand people at the most jobs.
1: Yeah, who's... Uh, I think it... Uh, uh, carrier's moving. <laughs> the, the, the Drew and Mike podcast keeps bringing it up. Like, they're focusing on this industry that has... what What, what is it? Maybe like... Um,
2: I did the math, 0.03% of the working population. Yeah, like
1: five-digit amount of jobs. And meanwhile, you have uh, an industry like retail uh, that is hemorrhaging hundreds of thousands of jobs a year.
2: 77,000 miners were employed as of the summer of 2017, or the uh, uh, spring, rather, I think were the last statistics that I saw. That's that's nothing. I mean, even if you double that, what does that mean? really do for anyone
1: Well, if you live in West Virginia you're all set when it's not even forward-thinking that's, that's one out of 50 yeah it's true and you're focusing on Betamax as far yeah, as it's t- not
2: a growth industry it's been in steady decline for decades you moron you're,
1: you're making to you're, you're see an uptick in yeah. it you're making a TV with a tube in it
2: you've been watching too much Walking Dead you know, like coal power is coming back. I'm telling you, when the new world has to start over again after I nuke it, coal power is going to be awesome. Cause that's going to be all about all the fuck we can do.
3: Well, I to me is I, I I guess I'm I guess what I'm getting at in a roundabout way is 2010 was pretty much a big old fucking just cock slap to the face of the Democrats. 2012 Obama winning against Romney. I guess if you want to look at it this way is like a temporary reprieve for the for the Democratic Party, but 2016 they got they got the floor wiped with them, and 2018 seems to be shaping up in the same way. I mean, What's have it? they over have they overplayed their hand? Have they fucking listened too much? Because really, it's not even if you really look at it. It's yeah, millennials catch hell on this show, but it's not the millennials that are the super extreme gender identity politics types. It's it's generation validation, the generation coming up after them, the generation that's still in high school and just entering their early 20s and are in college right now. And the, these are the ones, these are the people who have time to go protest three times a week for four or five hours at a time because they schedule it around their classes. All right? That's the people that are that are out there pushing this bullshit and going and telling the democratic party if you want to win this is what you got to do and once again we're back to why the fuck are you listening to children yeah
1: when did when did 19 year olds start making all decisions i know when we were 19 we were told to shut the fuck up adults are talking well they already (laughs) tell us what music we listen to when we're out shopping
2: and what movies we go see and what clothes we wear even so yeah i mean i guess just by extension let's just fuck it
1: and it's pretty easy Let's too to the kids roll. schedule protests around your classes when someone else is paying the rent too. That's just it's. I, I know it's a bit from another podcast, but yeah, dude, who's got all this time? I got to work eight hours a day. It's students. That's what. When I when, when, time to go post up at the airport for fucking three days.
3: When I started looking into the breakdown of the Berkeley riots, and the 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 makeup of Antifa and all that shit it's student age people it's people fresh out of high school who maybe aren't in college and it's people who it, it's it's the it's the way too old guy at city club <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like that,
4: that, it's, it's hanging so out great. with yeah, yeah it's, it's hanging so out with
3: Antifa yeah it's the 35 year old guy running around you know with a bunch of fucking 22-year-olds, and he's like, of course I hate democracy, baby. Let me go give you some communism behind the dumpster over here. I mean, you know, that's it, really
1: the breakdown of it. <laughs> that's like what Adam Carolla talked about, the, the Occupy Wall Street guys. Oh, yeah, 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 capitalism's bad. Hey, you want to suck my dick? <laughs> yeah.
3: I would offer you some money, but I know, you know, it, yeah, yeah. That's, that's evil if I do that. So this is, this is community dick. I'm just sharing it with everybody. How socialist of me. Yeah. <laughs> really, I'm doing you a favor. <laughs> but I, I mean, seriously, is it? because it, I just don't see, unless there has to be someone to step up in the party, as far as Democrats, pull back on the stick, get them out of this tailspin and say, okay, look here. Of course, we're for transgendered rights and of course were for midget interracial lesbians and all this all these little tiny groups who were just loud as fuck but even if every single one of you came out and voted i still couldn't win i mean he don't necessarily have to say it but he's got his act as or or she has to act as if i mean that was i remember clear as day after the almost every debate the smugness from the people on the left going, we don't need the flyover states to win.
1: Yeah, you do.
4: Do we the don't math. Need,
3: We don't need white males to win. And I was like, I was put in a position where I'm going, well, I hope you're right. But at the same time,
1: you're a fucking idiot. You're not. Yeah. I mean, I. All the population of the flyover states, if you add it up, is equals the is greater than the population of New York and California. Uh, I mean it's I mean, it. because- and I'm surprised no one on the left at some point has stood up and said, "All right, it's been like 2 thirds of a decade over that. We lost Congress 7 years ago. We lost the White House last year. Maybe what we the maybe what the what we've pivoted into isn't working.
3: No, they're just going to keep leaning into the punches. And I I'm just flabbergasted because if this if if this is how they're going to run their own party, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't, I don't want them running the government. I don't want them doubling down just because they refuse to fucking reverse themselves to say, "Oh, yeah, we uh, overextended ourselves and doubled down on the wrong thing here. Let's let's bring it back and let's fucking streamline our message to where it's not directed at very small specific groups, but more at The general population. You know, I'm not
1: trying to tell you that minorities don't matter. I'm trying to tell you that they shouldn't be the only ones that matter. If if your goal is to try to regain control, then you might have to to get some white people to vote for you. Like, just look at the census figures.
3: There's also an ugly truth that I don't think a lot of people who consider themselves progressive-minded, open-minded, liberal want to deal with. And that is, I don't know anything about Twitter, so I can't tell you where to go to look on Twitter. But I mean, I can tell you pages to go on Facebook and follow or join the page and just read. And it's, and and it's, these are pages directed, directed predominantly at black folks run by black folks and just read comments when the subject of forced diversity comes up. From black people, and you 're going to hear a lot of the same shit you hear in the sticks from white people. well, if they have to fucking shove white people down our throats, then why the fuck would I want to be around those people? if they don 't want to be around me i don 't want to be around them. This is the exact same shit you hear in the sticks it 's just coming from a, a group that that for whatever reason, because you have a D by your name or you consider yourself a progressive, you don 't want to have that you don 't even want to have the conversation, let alone try to address the situation and go okay everybody take a fucking time out here do we really want to go back to separate but equal? is that really something we want to do here is that what is that what is being said and point out the fallacy and go in in wishing for the good old days when it comes to that type of shit and how it didn't work I mean I'm pretty damn sure that in forty years we don't want a repeat of the civil rights fucking shit that was going on in the late 50s and early 60s with fire hoses and dogs and riots and shit. But we just seem to, it, it, no matter what, there is, black, white, Hispanic, whatever the fuck, there are more people who rather, quote unquote, stay with their own than people are comfortable admitting. And all you have to do is go into areas and talk to people who you normally wouldn't talk to and be honest with them and you'll flat out hear it from them
1: no i mean you hear it all the time that the attitude in the hood and the attitude in the sticks relatively the same
3: i mean i you know living in detroit i've i've talked to the neighbors you know these 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 white motherfuckers blah 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 not you you guys are the good ones but anyways these white motherfuckers i just laugh it off but i mean ultimately how many times have i heard that in a situation where it's ten white people sitting there talking, one black guy in the room. Oh yeah, these black bastards over here south of eight mile. Not you, you're one of the good ones. But you know, these assholes are animals, man.
4: Right. I, mean, that, I think the
2: the difference here being that you don't have to then go to a black man to get a job.
3: No, and that's that's the other thing. That's where I have when I hear And this is, I guess this makes me a hypocrite. I don't know. When I hear white nationalism, I roll my eyes so hard I sprain them. But when I hear predominantly black cities and communities who the quote-unquote white world isn't in any fucking hurry or they're not showing any haste to help them, and they start talking about we need to open our own shops and patronize our own businesses and keep our money in our own neighborhoods, I don't roll my eyes. it can th- that message can get to the point where I start rolling my eyes, but the message itself I don't roll my eyes at. But the minute no, I, I hear someone no. like Richard Spencer start talking that shit, I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Just move to Utah then. Plenty of white people, okay?
4: <laughs> right,
3: right. Don't act like you have to fucking travel to you know Atlanta if you live in Kentucky to be surrounded you know in a predominantly black city that's considered like you know the black mecca of America. Yeah, you, dude, if if you're a white person. I think- you can just move to fucking plenty of fucking smaller towns, and you are definitely in the majority in that town.
2: Right. I think when you look at the extremes of these, let's call them movements, for lack of a better term, but basically just groups of racists on either side, I think you, maybe I'm naive, but I think you do see a much higher Population in the uh, white supremacist side that is for taking over the whole country that believes that they have right to be the sole people who benefit from America. You know, whereas you know your people who may be anti-white who live in the inner city and are just looking out for their own, they're not trying to kick all the white people out of the nation, they just. Want their neighborhood to be nice and have their lives.
3: And I and when I hear things like we need police who are from the neighborhoods, they police. But I've heard white people might, say, oh that's racist." Why is that racist? Why do you? Why I do? Mean, you? It's a good yeah, but Aaron, it's a good idea to have people to understand how the neighborhood works because they grew up in the neighborhood.
2: You don't. I I believe that you need. That you're, you should have a, a definite variety of people in your police force in general, but no, I mean, I, I think that if you do everything else that you should be doing correctly as a police officer, and actually being involved in the in the places that you're supposed to be tasked with looking over, then it it won't matter what color your skin is. I mean, looking at somebody's skin color is a shortcut for not trusting the system in general. I don't trust the cops. The cops are mostly white. Here's a black cop. He must be all right. Hey, that rhymes. <laughs> all right, I Cube.
1: If it rhymes, it must be true. Hey, I, do, I do got a question for you, Aaron, uh, going back to the, the white nationalist thing. Is Where's, okay. where's the line, though? between I, I, want you, I want you out of my country and I don't want you in my neighborhood. I mean, isn't it the same line? Is it just on a smaller level? Isn't it still the same line of thinking? Well, I guess the, maybe the line is conceptual, like any
2: border ultimately is, but I guess the line in my mind is the difference between wanting your own peace and being a conqueror, Right. It's not enough. I mean, what what is Richard Spencer missing out on that makes him so fucking angry? I don't know.
1: My theory it, is it's, big penis.
2: It, right. It's, well, it's just a theory. I mean, kicking all the black people out ain't going to make your dick bigger. It might make it look bigger
1: now compared to your new neighbors, but... And I'll devil's advocate. I don't know. Keeping... You might have something there. I guess keeping Whitey he, out of your neighborhood ain't fixing all your problems. I don't know what Richard
2: Spencer's view on Asians is, but so maybe you have something there.
1: No, I'm just saying. You want all the black people out and all the Asians in? No, I'm just saying. What the, if so, if, he stands out. If you bring it down to the smaller neighborhood argument again, it's you're kicking no, I, kicking Whitey to the suburbs ain't fixing all the problems in the you know. I can I can
3: kind of answer your question, Chris, but it's not from Richard Spencer, but it is from someone who declares themselves a white nationalist. I cannot remember his name. I got into a YouTube hole not that long ago, a couple of weeks ago, and ended up watching like hot highlights, if you can call them that, of a speech this guy gave. And basically, I know highlights, that's Low not the right word. Yeah, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> but basically when the subject of snippets. black people come up, the first thing he said was, I mean, remember these are clips. So, but I mean, I'm I'm assuming all context was he's not a big fan. Um, first thing he said about black people is he said black people are locust. White people create, black people move in and destroy and chase white well, people that's out.
1: Just
3: and then wh- and then black people then then black people don't do anything with their neighborhoods. And when the subject of Asians come up, he said I don't mind Asians because Asians stick to themselves. They don't insist on shoving their culture down other pe- people's throats.
1: It's and they're genuinely... Ever, genu- they're ever been to Flushing, New York?
3: They're genuinely productive members of society. And I was sitting there like, oh, so in other words, it's a cultural thing? Like, you're afraid, you know, Juan is going to move next door and right. paint his house neon
1: pink? Well, we also and, didn't, I mean... no, keep his lawn immaculate, though.
2: We didn't oppress Asians to nearly the same degree as we did black people in this nation
3: and i yeah and that's what i'm saying his speech was like, pretty much like how hey, about you a little you broke
2: you broke it you bought it attitude and
3: and to, to 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 go to go a little bit further i know plenty of guys who throughout my life have been like fuck black people fuck mexicans fuck middle eastern people but they all love themselves some asian women and i'm like <laughs> you understand <laughs> yes I'm like, you understand this makes no sense. Russell Simmons, looking at you. This this is you driving an F 150 with a rebel flag sticker on your back window, bumping public enemy through a system. It makes no sense, dude. Hey, I think
1: we we know someone like that. I hope your kids are as
2: off off white color as they can possibly be. I hope they have as much Asian features as they could possibly have. (laughs) There's there's your white legacy, asshole.
3: I guess the real question for me is: Is it just natural for groups of people who are used to living amongst a group that looks, talks, it's tribalism most mostly the same culture as themselves to resist forced? Uh, uh, wow, well, brainstorm. Th- we're just we're just fucking flew away. Forced uh, diversity, like to be like no. We have to have this much diversity, and people are just like, "Don't fucking force me to do anything." Fuck you! Don't
1: fuck. Look at the country before whitey showed up. It was the same race of people that all ro- that all roamed in tribes and warred with each well, other. Okay, yeah, you
2: were born.
3: Li- you we're born on the wrong side of that mountain. We got to kill you.
2: Well, Rich, it's to what degree you believe <clears throat> natural selection played a role in this, and at what point uh humans started having a hand in their own evolution you know there's evolution is the the greater concept for it but there's natural selection and then there's the evolution of humans since we learned to build societies and so there is a clear difference between natural selection has given uh, has taken advantage of animals sticking together to cooperate to accomplish things And Even in smarter primates These groups are rarely more than 30 Sometimes they get They can get big But generally you have small groups That work together And they're all I mean they're probably inbred as fuck Let's face it But they're, yeah they're, uh, There's not much diversity among them And that There's your, your natural selection side of it but as soon as we start using our bigger brains to really cooperate on a completely different level with people and start steering evolution, guiding it with, with human hands and not just letting the the laws of, the, of physics of the universe control it, then... We have to understand that uh we have to have a certain amount of trust in others that in a in a pack formation we could trust each other because we all knew each other intimately and no, to, coo- to, to cooperate in it but no let me uh, no, go ahead. wrap I, it I, up i'm, though, I'm but sorry i'm sorry i just to, to, uh but when it gets to the point of uh, larger groups to cooperate to do bigger things like build whole societies you have to find other ways to engender that trust you're going to be working alongside people that you didn't grow up with you're going to have to learn to trust people that you don't know and so you have these greater i mean these are where ultimately our our concepts of religion and everything come from as well ways of organizing people and you know getting them all on one side but you know i guess you're either evolved enough Through human hands, to have understood that you have to have a certain amount of trust in people, no matter what color they are, or you aren't. Like uh, I guess I'm trying to make this point before, but it really does come down to my opinion. If you don't, if you have a, a direct mistrust of people because of the way that they looked, you're operating evolutionary at a lower level. Than the rest of us are So I guess the answer is yes and no Like most of us Have learned to evolve past that And some of us would rather Go back to the old days where We could only live in in Packs of maximum 150 people And after that Couldn't trust anybody So I don't know what you're going to get done in your small little militia Except for you know Get your house burnt down by the FBI (coughs) Ruby Ridge Let's part say, two. Right. Well, I, and, or, and, or put your trust in all white people and get screwed over by your own people constantly and see where that gets you. Because you trust people just based on their color, like orange. I mean white.
1: <laughs> or red. Or blue.
3: Do you think, think Crayola has added like a Cheeto crayon so when people color pictures of Trump they can get the, the, you know, the color accurate? It passed the Cheeto. I got this Trump coloring book.
1: Well, yeah, it's, but it's only in like it, the 128 color box. I, I bought know?
3: it for I bought it for uh,
1: Celebrate America Week, and it's made in
3: China. But
2: no, there's I, got to I, be some Trump coloring books out there, isn't there? Oh god, there, it, 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 the oh amount my of the god, if, adult coloring if it comes books with extra orange be. crayons. I swear, I got it. And we end this. I'm getting on in Amazon, and if there isn't, I'm just gonna make one. <laughs> Amazon will print that shit up for you. You just got to draw some stupid pictures of Trump in black and white. People will color the shit out of that thing. Then find the perfect orange colored crayon and ship it with it, you know, in a little baggie attached to it.
3: I can see it right now in the reviews. You're going to have people arguing. He's orange. No, he's more of a burnt sienna. Right. (laughs) But, no, getting back to just what I was the question i asked about forced diversity is it just seems like it's human nature to push back against something that's forced on you but once you get past the initial bristling at someone trying to force you to do something at least a rational logical person can go okay wait a minute it's just my it's just my instinct to go don't shove me or else i'm gonna shove you back but when i really stop and think about it this isn't the end of the world this isn't just because my neighborhood is diverse doesn't mean that my culture becomes obsolete or insignificant at this point, point. and i mean i I can maybe maybe i maybe I'm thinking too broadly, but I can't just I can't just put this on like one race and go that's how they feel I mean you ask a big enough you know pool of people with that question, you're gonna find a lot of people feel that way from all different races, and I think it is like you were saying once you get past. The initial tribalism of it and go hey look haven't we evolved past this point haven't we evolved past killing the people that were born over the hill because they weren't born on this side of the hill can't we you know move on from that that type of thinking yeah you'll get people to go oh, are we still
2: hating on okay. non belly sneeches and people who butter their toast on the other side
3: <laughs> i don't know i just it it, it it was something that, that I've seen come up a lot in the last week. I don't know why it's been about television shows and shit and the lack of diversity. And maybe that's because the new season's coming up. And then I just read all that's these right. comments and I just read comments and I'm just like, wow, man, it's just, there's a lot of fucking angry people out here. And I mean, I know it, it, one, we're not, <laughs> we're not a sports podcast. There's my Drew Lane impersonation for the night. And two, I know that you're not a big sports guy, but I mean, this, this fight between Mayweather and McGregor is a joke. It's a fucking uh, three ring circus, and they're basically selling this fight based on it's the white guy versus the black guy.
2: How, how do neither of these guys or both of them combined not have a reality show on television right now?
3: I think that's what uh, last week, was. That's what so last that's week was,
2: yeah. It's a
3: pilot. <laughs> It, it's they're, right. they're, they're going to be just the new getting odd.
2: enough news coverage that it might as well just be one. Yeah, I feel like they're going to be the new odd couple come next season. <laughs>
3: you know, I mean, you know, Floyd's going to try to like, you know, get McGregor to eat some soul food, and McGregor's going to be like, "Here, I boiled everything for forty-eight right. hours. So let's drink it through a straw
2: to teach him to read." And then, and then McGregor will do all the whites with his pink shirt in there. And Floyd will be like McGregor. <laughs> Floyd
3: will be trying to teach him how to break dance. McGregor will be over there doing the Lord of the Dance <laughs> shit.
1: They'll have the 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 very special episode where Connor teaches him to read.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. And, it is, and it is a knock against Floyd Mayweather and that comes from Fifty Cent. So that's not even a racial thing initially. <laughs> it just got turned into one. But. Yeah. No, I mean, I could picture it. Like, like Mayweather tries to get him into EPMD. McGregor tries to get him into the Pogues. You know, I mean, I could could see this. I would actually watch the fuck out of that show. That's better than keeping up with the Kardashians. (laughs) Connor, you
1: ever heard of NWA?
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. I think that half the fun of playing video games with other people is trash talking. Talking some smack. Oh,
1: absolutely.
2: And... I don't understand why people are so down on that as, like, unprofessional conduct in, in most sports. Because it's alpha male I mean,
1: behavior. You can't be an alpha male anymore.
2: I mean, I, from what I understand, there was, a, there was a bit of language that went a little over the top
1: of what uh, would be considered sportsman-like. Boy, uh, dancing monkeys, make your own conclusions. Right. Bitch, cunt, hoe. Yeah, right. I mean, pretty much...
3: They covered every offensive word for people.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I I think I would actually enjoy watching sports if there was more actual shit talking and less thanking God for your victory and pointing at the sky and shit.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you know, you don't hear God being praised in the loser's locker room. it's it's an old cliche but it's true they go in there and it's just well you know the best team lost today and you know they
1: just I'd like to send a big fuck you to God for sending (laughs) that guy to tackle me I'm serious
2: (laughs) like if the post game interviews were like man we beat the fuck out of those faggots and you see that guy (laughs) fall on his ass man those guys can't play for shit Twitter
1: would explode just
2: try to log into
1: Twitter it would just say you know Timed out. Please try again. Maybe not faggot. Maybe that's going a little too no, far. I, no, even Man, if, but no, like, but even if they had boastful behavior, it's that's just like that's just what I would have done in my day. If you're alpha kids. male shows nowadays, you are demonized like a motherfucker for it.
2: It it
3: the the age of the humble, whether it's true or false, humility athlete has pretty much came and gone. And I don't know if we're ever really going to get back to it. There's going to obviously there's going to be what they call classy athletes here and there. But for the most part, it's like, I mean, but, you know, once again, I know you don't follow baseball, but Bryce Harper is one of the best players in baseball. And from all reports, that guy is an absolute fucking cocksucking douchebag. And people love it. They love it. It's like it's like being the heel in, in, in the WWE or something, you know? They, they hate to right. love him, or they, they well, love to hate him.
2: Well, nobody likes to brag, but if you did it, you ain't bragging. I mean, if you got that award, if you won that Oscar, if you got that fucking trophy of some sort, if you won the World Series
1: or whatever the fuck it is, like... Brag it up, man. Why? Why yeah, do we but, want humility from those people? But haven't See, we? But but haven't we bagged down millennials before for having that attitude of not being like, "Hey, I appreciate this award and thanks for that," and having the attitude of, "Yeah, that's right. It's about damn time I got this." Haven't haven't we done that? Yeah,
3: but I just—it's funny that you chose those words because mm-hmm. Aaron, that you said, you know, it's not bragging if you've done it because uh, we have a co-host on Sporzy whose famous words. Used to be, I'm not cocky. I'm convinced.
2: <laughs> so so. <laughs> right. Well, you haven't done shit, so you don't. You don't deserve <laughs> well, bragging rights. That's shot what that's all I'm saying. Like,
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: like yeah, yeah. i made mean, that criticism of millennials. Millennials that ain't done shit yet. So just shut the fuck up. I'll listen to you when you've accomplished something. <laughs>
3: It's just pretty sad when I see more humility at the AVN Awards than I, than I do at the MTV Video Music Awards. You know, when I see some chick get up there and thank her mom and dad and God for best anal scene. And then you got fucking... Kanye uh, talking
1: about how he got robbed, how he put, you know...
3: Yeah, hopping up on stage, jacking it. I mean, I'm just jacking the mic and just yelling into it. I'm waiting for the next time he gets on stage. He's going go to go shirtless... Yeah. With a Bro. fucking with, with soy bomb painted on his fucking chest and just start <laughs> dancing all crazy and shit. People are gonna be like, "What's Kanye doing?" And the other Dan half, of gonna be like, the other half of the crowd's gonna be like, "He's a genius. Look at this. This is
2: genius."
1: Yeah, we've gotten a little too free with that word. Yeah, I think maybe the true years. test
2: if if Trump gets another term or not is dependent on not who wins whatever election or primary or anything in the meantime. It's whether Kanye's next album sells. <laughs> if that album sells, then we're just like, we'll just eat anything. Just, just well, give it to us. Just f- whatever, whatever story you got, whatever thing you got. That, that, if, if, eat, it up, eat it up and smile and ask for more.
3: If people stick to what they said they're going to do right now, probably the three most high-profile candidates running for president in 2020 will be Trump. The Rock and Kanye West.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Rock West as a as a ticket. Don't discount Maxine Waters.
3: You know, let me, it, it, that, I mean, that reminds me. I wanted to bring this up earlier, and I completely blew my blew my <laughs> head. Do you think if the Democrats ran like a mixed ticket that the, that would help if, them? If if no, like I'm they're not. Gonna,
2: they're going to mix it up as much as they can.
3: No, I'm talking like you know. Democratic candidate for president, Republican candidate for vice president on their ticket.
2: Oh, and I'm not talking
3: to I'm not. Well, hold on, because if you think I'm not talking no fucking way, you don't think that you don't think that that would help them or they'd be willing to do that.
2: That's the only mix they couldn't they couldn't get away with. Yeah. Well, I
3: mean, if they go down in flames in 2020 and then in 2022 and there's no heir apparent come 2024, they got to do something outlandish. Because then they're looking at a whole lot of losing. I mean, they're looking yeah, at going on only, two decades of it.
2: If, if our only anti-Trump can, uh, campaign is third party, then we've got a long ways to
1: go. It, it, they, they have to think about this. If they biff it in, in the midterms, we're talking about 12 years of a Republican-controlled Congress. Yeah. Like, no one's going to look at the tape and like, it's been a decade. Let's change it up. Oh, and restating shit I already said. But good God, man! No,
2: they, in a third world, they'd all be lined up against the wall and shot.
1: Like you people are useless. I need a new government. Yeah, but just keep pandering to small percentages of the population. It's working. Out. I don't know. It's working out well for
2: you. Let's talk about funner shit, like entertainment. You guys must have seen something that was worth talking about. Uh, Enjoy, enjoyed something. <clears throat> Excuse me, I
3: I feel like I should have seen Spider Man by now, but I haven't. But from I have not I've, either. I I, I I think I just have Spider Man fatigue. It's like when Batman Begins came out, I had Batman fatigue, but when mm-hmm. the second Nolan Batman came out, I was there on opening day. So maybe it's like. I'm just like, I'm really tired of the Spider Man thing. I get they're not doing the whole origin story like well, per se. I, I, which is good because we all know I've how it becomes Spider-Man.
2: Yeah, I have heard good reviews about it and I intend to see it. I'm not in a tremendous hurry to see it because there's really nothing that can be spoiled about it, in my mind. I mean like if some anybody who is showing up in that movie, I'd know about it already.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I will say this. Sony has to be on their knees thinking whatever fucking deity they, they fucking believe in for Spider-Man this summer because Sony has shit to bed for the last two summers and it don't look like it's going to get any better because the news just came out this week that their other quote-unquote summer blockbuster that they're not promoting even though they've dropped over 60 million in into this movie is Dark Tower. And this movie that is based on eight books that total over 4,000 pages they're trying to condense into one movie is 95 minutes long.
2: Oh, Jesus. And between... What the fuck? Between changing the story from the books... Make sure it's not just the gunslinger? I mean, they could maybe fit that into an hour and a half, but...
3: No, they've, they have confirmed that they are trying to put half of book seven parts of book uh, six and parts of book one into this movie. And they're calling it a continuation of the story, not necessarily a a true adaption. And they've already shot themselves in the foot with the hardcore Dark Tower fans by changing the race of the gunslinger, which people who haven't read the books go, well, what the fuck does that matter? Um, If you've read the drawing of the three it matters a lot because race plays a huge part in that book. And that's one of the main points of that of of that that story in the second book. Now yeah. they I it's it's you have to understand that book was written in the late seventies, early eighties and is written by a white guy from Maine. So I always thought that they were gonna fucking basically just kind of downplay that part because nowadays especially people would fucking you know have kittens if it was exactly on the screen as it is on the page but i mean sony's attitude of who cares get over it didn't they learn with fanboys from ghostbusters that's not how you get people to come out to movies who are fans of, the, of that franchise you don't start calling them neckbeards and basement dwellers and all this shit and expect them to support your movie you don't insult them into liking your product it doesn't work that way. And from everything I'm hearing, Sony is hemorrhaging money. And this is their last gasp for, the, for a summer blockbuster besides Spider-Man. And that's, I, Chris, you don't even follow comic books. You're not that big of a movie guy. I, I guarantee you understand that the reason Spider-Man's big is because Marvel's got its hands all up in that fucking movie. Sony was just like, do your, do your thing, Marvel, and we'll just fucking put our title at the beginning and at the end. And that's why this movie is fucking as big of a success as it is. So, I mean, it's just, it, to, to me...
2: Right. Well, I it, mean, it's, it's, Sony took that way out because they are... I don't know who they have that thinks creatively at Sony, but they don't have a loud enough voice because they thought that they could keep making the same superhero movie over and over again and people would keep coming out for it and when that failed to show results they just bet on a sure thing well as you know as much as fox has fucked up some of their properties i mean there's good x-men movies there's bad x-men movies there's laughable fantastic four movies and horrendously unwatchable one but at least they've taken some risks and they've managed to reap some big rewards with Logan and Deadpool and oh uh the one that I read about today Noah Hawley who did the uh Legion series which you, which you haven't seen I highly recommend is doing a Doctor Doom movie which anybody else doing a Doctor Mo- Doom movie I would say, said, said good luck but I think that Noah is uh is actually a genius filmmaker
3: well considering in forty years I've never seen a legit version of Doctor Doom on the big screen. Right. I'll t ta- I will will take your word for it and, and piggyback on your hope because it's just been a clusterfuck with the with the, the, the first incarnation of the Fantastic Four and his most recent one, I couldn't even get through it. Oh I it's just th- Yeah. It, it was I I, I literally th- I, I'm not joking. Four times I've tried to watch it. Three times I fell asleep, and one time I just turned it off and said, "I'm, I'm thirty right. minutes into it, and it's just shit. It's not going to get any better."
2: Well, you know, honestly, the only the only problem with the first two Fantastic Four movies, the the original one and the Silver Surfer one, the biggest problem with those movies was that they weren't funny enough because not
1: enough nude scenes with Jessica Alba, they,
2: right? They. <laughs> I mean, they definitely weren't serious enough, so if you're not going to go for serious and you're going to try and, like, dip your toe in camp, like, go all the way. Just do it, like, Batman 66 style. Make a campy, comic booky version. Make, well, it was basically The Incredibles, you know? But, yeah, they haven't... I don't know why... I mean, I guess you could say they, they definitely took a risk with the last Fantastic Four movie. You know, they saw what, what wasn't working with the original two, and decided they needed to go in a different direction. So, I, I mean, hats off to them for trying. Sometimes you, you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes it comes out Fantastic Four, and sometimes it comes out Logan. Was Michael Chiklis, not
1: the huge box office draw right. you were expecting him to be?
2: Right, whereas what Sony is doing is just just making the same sausage over and over again, and people are like, I don't want to eat this anymore. What else is there?
3: Well, I just, when it comes to The Dark Tower, if, I mean, they, okay, Ron Howard's involved as an executive producer. Brian Grazer's involved as an executive producer. These are not nobodies in fucking Hollywood. These are fucking heavy hitters. I know it's, it's still strange to me to think Richie Cunningham has fucking pull, but he could pick up the phone and probably get anybody fired off of any fucking movie that he'd wanted if he fucking wanted them gone bad enough. He's been called in to
1: save the Han Solo movie. Exactly. Right.
3: That's how much power he has. J.J. He, Abrams is still involved as in a producer role in The Dark Tower. They were, this, this first movie was supposed to be a setup for the, the television show that was going to bridge to the third movie to the, n- the next television show, which would bridge into the final movie. And instead, they're just trying to throw everything at once and hope that it generates enough buzz to where they can do the TV show and what they're doing now is they're saying, okay, the first movie, if you haven't read the books and you don't understand the lore of the of the world and everything that's been created, just go with it in the first movie. By the time you finish the TV series, the first season, you'll understand. That doesn't work with people these days. That, I mean, in fact, that doesn't work with that's people just, most of the time. That's lazy-ass that filmmaking.
2: That's not good storytelling, no. You, exactly. You have to get your reader, your viewer the consumer on the other end, involved in a very short period of time in the world that you're presenting. You have to set the table. That's like the first thing that you have to do.
3: Well, here's the fucked up part, is now Sony, who has barely put any money into promotion in this thing and pushed it back twice already, now they're saying... If you're a fan of the books and you're a fan of the series, you have to go see the movie because if the movie doesn't do well on opening weekend, then everything else is going to fall apart. And it's like, don't that's your marketing point is guilting me into going and see a shitty product? If I want to see a better one down the down the line.
2: Hey, yeah, even if Well look, I've done that. Be straight up, like, you know, I went to see, like, early Marvel movies Because I was like, look, they made a fucking Hulk movie Yeah, it looks like it's shit, but it's a fucking Hulk I want them to keep doing this, and eventually they'll start getting it right But as a defense from a studio, oh, that, that doesn't pretend well at all and, and That is disaster that's,
3: written. That's what I'm saying. And basically, that's their marketing strategy right now.
2: Yeah. Look, this might not be exactly the move you wanted, but stick with it. It'll all pay off. If you're selling a comic book, you're like, look, you're not going to like the first six issues probably. You probably won't know what's going on. But by issue 32, you'll have gotten your $200
1: worth. Let's just well, try to apply that logic to dating and sex. Make that work out. <laughs> hey, listen, the first couple times, it's not going to be that great. Tell you by the third or fourth time. You're going to like it. <laughs> she, 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 she would leave. You'd be finishing that statement to her back. She's grabbing her shit and leaving.
3: Well, to me, the ultimate kiss of death on this movie and the, and the franchise it was hoping to launch is twofold. One, they, they're trying to turn it into a young adult adventure movie, like the Divergent series or Maze Runner or Twilight or Hunger oh, Games yeah. even. And two... A
2: new temple. Yeah. Because two, theirs has Marvel written on it currently. And two,
3: Stephen King in, in a recent interview came out and they asked him about the Dark Tower movie and he gave a very pat answer. Well, from everything I've seen, they're doing a great job with it. I'm, I'm I love... Idris Elba as Roland. I love McConaughey as, as the dark oh, man. God.
2: Did he say he had the utmost uh, confidence in him? I, oh, he said that. And then oh, here's, here's the kiss no. of death.
3: The, follow, the follow-up <laughs> question was, well, will you be upset if the movie doesn't do any good? And he said, no, I only give a shit about the books. The movie, it, it's a completely different thing. I don't really care how the movie does. How the fuck are you going to answer Trying to sing the praises of the movie, and then say, "Well, how, what if the movie doesn't mm. do as well as it sh- as you think it should?" And he's like, "I don't expect it to do shit anyway." So right. I'm like, "Dude, c- you can't you can't align yourself with the with the with the property, and right. and and wash your hands of it at the same time." No, the last, it, the last time it, he did this was like the the movie uh, the cell or or just not the cell cell with. Uh, oh. Right. Yeah, and I mean, and they they went and they got Samuel L. Jackson, and uh uh oh shit, I forget my boy from uh, Better Off Dead, but they got him, and they were in you know 1408 together, and that movie did a lot better than they expected, so they thought they could recreate the magic with this movie, and he saw the cut of it, and he just washed his hands of it, but he basically said the same thing: I'm 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 happy with the act with the actors they got in the casting. And I have the utmost confidence in them as actors. But I don't give a shit how the movie does. And that movie fucking bombed. It went, it literally premiered on video on demand. It didn't even premiere in theaters. You could watch it for free on Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime the day it was released. That's not, that doesn't bode well for a fucking Hollywood blockbuster. Or a, a, a supposed Hollywood blockbuster.
2: Right. So, basically... For a fucking Samuel L. Jackson movie, fuck. Yeah,
3: no shit. But, I mean, I, basically... Yeah, I, I got. I'm I'm real passionate about the Dark Tower because it's one of those books that I picked up the first book when I was nine, and I had to wait from 1986 to 2004 for that series to conclude. And I waited all those years, and all the you know build up to it and everything. So I, you know, it's it's got a, a special place in my heart. But ultimately, I think this is we might be watching like the 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 dying gas of Sony as we know it. Yeah. because it, it doesn't seem like as a studio they're producing anything of any quality on their own and they and, and furthermore they're pushing ideals and agendas over making a buck and we all know it, 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 agendas and ideals as long as they make you money in a capitalistic society everybody's down for them the minute they start costing you money your idea fuck those ideals throw them out the window shareholders aren't happy
2: yeah uh, you think uh, maybe Sony could acquire it could be acquired by Disney through way of Marvel? Because like, I couldn't see Disney wanting to acquire Sony outright, but I could see them being absorbed into Marvel. And we're just like, hey, you already got this Spider-Man. That's ours anyway. Be like OJ and just walk in with a gun and be like, get your shit back. <laughs> 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 like, we're here for Spider-Man. We'll take that Stephen King shit too while we're at it. Teach you a lesson. We already got their comic book, so fuck it. And give us Ghostbusters.
4: Yeah.
3: (laughs) Um, The only reason I I would say that no is because Sony is so. is a multifaceted corporation. It's not just a movie theater. Right.
2: You can almost have movies as a lost leader just as branding. Well, because. I, of all the shit, you
3: know, Xbox 360... When Xbox came out against PlayStation, PlayStation was crushing it. When 360 came out and PlayStation 3 came out, 360 crushed the Xbox, or the PlayStation 3. Now, it's back to how it originally was. PlayStation 4 has dominated the market according, uh, uh, according to just numbers of consoles in households worldwide compared to the Xbox One.
2: Right. Ask anyone at GameStop. It's either... PS4 or they're playing some stupid retro console.
3: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I can tell you right now the only reason that I picked up an Xbox 1 is because for whatever reason all my friends that I play with online almost exclusively are on Xbox.
2: Yeah. When I
3: when yeah. I picked up a PS4 it was because it was cheap, it was on sale and I couldn't pass up that fucking I was like 180 bucks, I can't pass up that offer, especially what? when it comes with three games. Damn. Oh, bro! When is there it comes a 4 to, well, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, when it comes to when it comes to video games, I turn into like the 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 housewife who clips the coupons, goes to the store, and walks out with them paying you money, and I got two baskets full of groceries. Yeah, I'm not bullshitting,
1: it, man. So, someone, so, someone looking for you to finance some crack. I mean, that's <laughs> not, not only is PS4
2: vastly outselling Xbox currently. Most Xbox owners are PS4 owners as well. Mm-hmm. They have both. They either have PS4 or they have both.
1: Yeah, definitely. Just from what I've heard, I've always been a PlayStation guy, but from what I've heard, PlayStation 4 fits into the rest of your life better than just for uh, as opposed yeah, to just think... for video games.
3: Yeah. Well, they're both multimedia components. I mean, you can hook up through HDMI... Everything for your home entertainment system through either one of them, turn everything on and power and, and watch cable and change channels oh, without yeah. ever touching a remote.
1: I do that with my three. Well, except the, without the remote part. You know, I mean, that's. They've right. tried to.
3: They they've both said at, when, they, when they were showing them, when they launched them, we want this to be the centerpiece of your entertainment center to where everything is built around it. And they did it with both. The problem is, is that I think I can tell you right now, from a graphic standpoint, the bare bones PS4 spanks the bare bones Xbox One.
1: I'll just say too, and hasn't the knock against Xbox always been that Xbox Live cost you money?
3: Well, now PS Plus costs you money, the exact same amount. Also, PlayStation was like, oh, people will pay sixty bucks a year to play online through Microsoft. Well, we're gonna make you, we're gonna charge you sixty bucks a year to do it. Also, but the one the the one thing about the the playstation plus membership is if you go online you don't even have to be a bargain hunter you can go online put in 12 month ps plus code discount and you can find them for anywhere between 40 and you know 50 bucks so that's 10 15 20 bucks off of what you'd usually pay xbox
1: not so much and doesn't in that uh, durability come into play too I was talking with somebody last night uh, from world championship radio We were talking about PlayStation. He was talking about, should I get Xbox or PlayStation? And the whole room was like PlayStation. And my selling point is, I'm still on my first PlayStation. I've had it for seven years. I've heard so many Red Ring of Death horror stories with Xbox.
3: I got my first Xbox 360 in April of 2006. By the time September 2009 rolled around, Microsoft had replaced four of them for me.
1: Yeah, I've had one PlayStation 3 in seven years. And I was late
3: on the PlayStation 3 bandwagon. And just so you know, those four that they replaced, they replaced at their cost. They paid shipping everything because it was their fuck-up on their end with their software and hardware. So that's got to tell you, even though 360 outsold PlayStation 3, they probably didn't make that much because that was a common problem. Like, 70% of Xboxes would red ring out within six months, and they didn't fix it until, like, the second or third release of that console
1: yeah i worked with a hardcore gamer for a minute who pretty much told me that this was like what maybe 2008 2009 He was telling me that red ring of death is just a way of life with an xbox it's going to happen
3: well then they had a, a an issue that that wasn't as prominent but to me was worse because if it red rings out you call in you got a year under warranty you call them hey look i just bought this thing here's the serial number you don't even have to register to have the receipt. They've got it logged. Okay, yep. We'll send you a box, pack it up. We'll pay shipping. Two weeks, it'll be there. You got to wait two weeks. That's the pain in the ass. The bigger issue was the first generation of 360s, the disc tray, when the disc was spinning, it would scratch the disc to the point where the disc was unplayable.
2: Oh, yeah, I remember that.
3: And the, And, yeah, it's 11 years. I can say this. The way I got around that was I had a membership to Blockbuster, so I'd go rent a game I already owned, and they, since I they didn't put the stickers on
1: the actual disc anymore, I'd Damn. put my disc
3: in there and take it back and go, man, this disc is scratched,
2: man, what the fuck? Damn, fucking loopholes.
1: Another grift with Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> I got away with it twice. After twice, I didn't tempt the system anymore because I figured I'd get caught. Rent two of the same game. At the same time. They call back. to like, hey, you got a copy of Gran Turismo out. I'm like, no, I don't. Brought that bitch back. Well, it says you rented two copies here on the same day. Why would I do that? You're right. That seems silly. Thanks. You know, it's literally a two-minute phone call both times. It worked. Free video games. Ah, to be poor and amoral.
3: He's <laughs> <laughs> just start thinking of ways to get shit replaced and get shit for free. <laughs>
2: Have you heard about this movie that David Ayer is doing with Will Smith for fucking Netflix? I have not. no. What what called called Bright? I don't know if it's based on some sort of fiction or, or you know book or comic book or something. It's pretty it's pretty crazy looking. I just saw the the preview for it, and it looks like what Suicide Squad should have been. It's like I don't know. Is it a is it like I, a superhero movie? It that, He's got a sword in it in one scene And there's a guy with like Fucked up blue face and some shit And there's a lot of flipping around And fighting and shooting guns it's Also some crazy gangster shit Like it, it literally looks like All the elements that were in Suicide Squad But without the, the studio leash on him David Ayer that is Looks like a crazier version of it I don't even know who that is kind of weird David, you've never seen a David Ayer movie? No, you've seen fucking uh, um, uh, the Chuck Palahniuk book. Uh, Fight, Club? Fight Club? Fight Club, yeah. Oh, ah, okay. Wait me, that
3: was David Fincher.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. You're right. Then what, what would be a David Ayer movie? I've you still seen, seen you Fight see? Club.
4: Yeah. Okay, yeah,
2: you saw Fight Club, hey. Still counts.
3: <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce yeah, his right. last name.
1: but David it, Ayer, I-M-D-B. <laughs> see what he's directed all right well he's in the bald head club uh training uh, he, uh, he did the training day tv series but he's a writer a director here we go uh bright gotham city sirens suicide squad
2: oh a fury that was yeah. the uh,
1: sabotage end of watch street kings harsh times
2: oh yeah end of watch forgot about that one yeah
3: okay yeah and he was writer for training day the actual movie yeah. So, he's got some. Oh, and he's doing Gotham City Sirens movie. So he's got he's yeah, got some we'll legit credits. Well, you know the only thing it's funny you brought that up about him doing it through Netflix because I heard that uh, uh, Christopher Nolan in an interview they asked him recently about what do you think about what's going on with you know, the Netflix and releasing movies and shit. And he basically took a huge shit all over Netflix and anybody that fucking puts mm-hmm. movies out th- through them. And I
2: I've- said, I actually have the exact quote here. He said, uh, calling it filmmaking policies mindless. Yeah. So, oh, wait. What,
1: letting people it's make the movie the- they want? And then distributing it?
2: Netflix has a bizarre aversion to supporting theatrical films. They have this mindless policy of everything having to be simultaneously streamed and released, which is obviously an untenable model for theatrical presentation. So they're not even getting in the game. And I think they're missing a huge
1: opportunity. Someone's mad his industry is dying.
2: Well, I... No, nah, I don't know. I mean, I think I agree with him if you're going to make if you're going to make a big movie with Will Smith and it's going to be this action genre movie, like yeah, just fucking put it in the theaters. I think people would go and see it.
3: well, Manchester by the Sea or ben, yeah Manchester by the Sea that was up for Academy Awards, and Casey Affleck won best actor. I didn't know this until after the Academy Awards. That's a fucking Amazon movie.
1: Yep, oh,
2: yeah. I had no right. idea. Right. If it wasn't for the fact that they thought they might have an award in that, a couple of awards in that movie, they may not have put it
1: out in theaters. Netflix's argument is probably because more you eyeballs than awards for it. streaming.
2: Oh, yeah, that's
1: you, probably right. you put it in somebody's house and they don't have to leave, there's a better chance they're going to watch it than asking them to go out, spend um, uh, four times a one month subscription for Netflix for two movie tickets.
2: But I I believe in I think what the, the point that Christopher Nolan's getting at is that there's a limit to that format. I mean I even if uh, you know all the superhero movies came out on Netflix the same days in theaters yeah I'd go watch them but I've seen, look I've seen most of these movies more than once I would make a trip to the movie theater to go see that movie if it was good.
3: Yeah, well, and also, Chris, to your point... I'd that, you pay know, my
2: 10 bucks a month to Netflix and then go, oh, yeah, here's another 10 bucks for me to see it on a big screen.
3: To, Chris, to your point about, he, you know, Nolan's saying, oh, because he's 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 pissed because, you know, people want to make the movies they want to make the way they want to make them. I kind of think Nolan's probably one of the few directors in Hollywood that can just walk in and go, I'm going to make this movie, and it's greenlit no matter what at this point. I mean, because... Okay. He put out Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and then he put out Inception, and then he put out Interstellar, and no one blinked and those two movies would not have been made based on Memento and following his those, first two movies. Those it's,
2: those are yeah, especially Those are movies that are beautiful and make very little sense. But are still great. I like them. I've seen them all. I've seen I think I've seen all his movies and enjoyed every single one of them. On different levels, but
1: still mad at Inception.
2: In Incep- well, Inception's r- probably the resolve thing.
1: your story for the love of well, God. Yeah, I mean, all right. So Chris okay, is so not a fan
3: it- of ambiguous endings.
1: Got it. It just it was well, I, that movie I don't was know. exhausting for that for, I guess the amount of emotional energy uh, that I'd put into that movie for the payoff at the ending, I was not pleased.
2: I think my general opinion of Christopher Nolan, though, is that he's somebody like Zack Snyder, also works with, uh, for Warner Brothers, who has a, a, is a great director that should be collaborating with somebody else other than their relatives when it comes to putting together a script.
1: Oh, wait, are we coining a new term here? director privilege i think they've been allowed christopher
2: nolan and Zack snyder have both been allowed to live upside the live inside of their own assholes and they're their own echo chamber because nobody wants to tell them like you know, you can't tell him he's a fucking auteur he knows what well, he's doing well yeah i'm and, sure
1: there's people that are in film school at nyu that are looking at what christopher nolan's saying it's like hey must must be nice to be able to have that attitude about movie studios right we just like to get one on netflix
2: please yeah
3: well, I and, and to your point, yeah, Nolan does tend to work with his brother as his writing partner quite a bit. I mean, almost exclusively as far as I've known. So, I, I mean, that's... He, say, yeah, he is,
2: they're not plotted the best. Well, I think I, uh, the whichever Batman one with the Joker, that was like the only movie that he's done outside of Memento that had like strong plot and a good resolution. The rest of them are just beautiful, amorphous blobs, kind of. They're not really great (laughs) stories, you know? And that's really what matters at the end of the day. I mean, look, I'll go see a movie because it's beautiful, but I'll go see it again if it's got a good story. I might go see that Valerian movie before I go see the Spider-Man movie, actually. That's out this weekend. Because Jean... What's his name? Uh, No, it's not. Luke, Luke, Passant, thats his name. The director. He can fall guilty of that too. Looks like yeah. the same type of uh, Christopher Nolan, Zack Snyder type of behavior of living inside of his own butt.
1: I, yeah, you know.
2: But, I, I saw Avatar once. That's all I needed. But but when he but when he does connect right, he fucking knocks it out of the park. I and I've seen Fifth Element. I don't know how many fucking times my kids have seen it numerous times. And by the, way, the prof- uh, my kids haven't seen the professional yet, but I've seen that numerous times as well.
3: By the way, just to, to to backtrack a little bit to that bright movie you were talking about. Yeah did you did
2: you check it out?
3: Um, it's funny because you brought it up, and then a buddy of mine posted the the trailer, and I I haven't watched it because I've you know been talking to you guys, but I just decided to look it up real quick. It seems the way it's described is uh, an alternate Earth where humans and fairy tale creatures, orcs, elves, etc., um, okay. exist together, and apparently there's magic and stuff. To me, I'm just I'm just going okay. so who, mash up. Whoever wrote this read a lot of fucking Shadowrun books at one point because it sounds yeah. like a fucking Shadowrun movie, honestly. So, I, t- I mean, it's, I'm, I'm into that watch- cyberpunk. So.
2: Watch the preview that came out for San Diego Comic-Con this weekend and tell me that doesn't look like a better Suicide Squad movie. Gotcha. Watch it. Watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> Stop this I, podcast and watch it immediately.
3: Hey, that was the other thing I was going to say. I, I Two years ago, when I heard that... They that they, they were moving ahead with the Dark Tower movie And they were also moving ahead with the It movie I wouldn't have thought A month out from the Dark Tower being released And two months from it being released That It has more buzz Than the Dark Tower movie does Yeah Because apparently That is the most watched trailer On the day it was released In the history of YouTube Yeah so Dark, just,
2: Dark Tower needs a clown, man. Always said it.
1: <laughs> so was all that clown bullshit a year ago? Just press for the yeah, it movie.
3: You know what? That would be fucking genius. It really would. And I mean, it wouldn't be that expensive. Just pay people to walk around in clown outfits, looking and looking creepy. I mean, it. it if, if you yeah, look wow. back, at, if you look back at the fifties, like there was there was a movie called The Tingler, and what they did is for the first weekend it premiered <laughs> like the name they name fucking a sex toy <laughs> no oh oh it it gets better the first weekend it premiered at, at select theaters in major cities they put an electric buzzer on certain random seats in the, or random seats in the audience and so when the, it
2: was the the fucking movie with John Goodman uh was it they oh, made, oh, a, it. Oh, no, they made no, a movie no, about it no 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 they made a movie about that movie yeah
3: oh i didn't know that but yeah and right. so when the tingle yeah, was, I don't know if
2: it was based explicitly on that or if they just kind of borrowed that for their movie, but but yeah, I know what you're talking about. They they ran a current, a low current through an electrical wire and gave people a little tingle in their bums. Yeah, I mean
3: that would do a 50s? class
1: action lawsuit today.
2: Yeah, well,
3: Someone course, would be but, triggered. But yeah, in the 50s, that was like genius marketing, man. Because that movie, that movies, have you ever watched that movie? they could shove one oh, of those see. things up my ass and start it, and it would still make that movie suck. It just The movie would suck even more right. than it did, and it's hard, because it's like Plan 9 bad. Right. So. I,
2: people paid to be tortured, basically, is what it sounds like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they pay to watch torture porn. There's been fucking, what, Ooh. five of those Saw movies?
2: Speaking of movies about bad movies, did you hear that the uh, there's a little promo out for... Oh, I forgot what the Tommy Wiseau uh, the movie room. is. The no, room. I know. The the Room is the movie that Tommy Wiseau made, but, uh, the, oh, The imposter I think it's called, is a movie that Seth Rogen and, uh, the, what's his name, are doing? Frank, Franco. Yeah, Franco's playing Tommy Wiseau. I heard a little clip from it today. Like I, I've seen pictures of him dressed up as Tommy Wiseau, and I was like, yeah, Totally. Then I heard the clip and I was like, wait a minute, he doesn't have the voice. He's like, You're tearing me apart Like he does <laughs> like you gotta lay it on really thick.
3: He's got that uh yeah, in the in the in the room he's got that uh accent you can't quite pin down.
2: Right. Some sort of like Eastern European maybe accent, not quite sure where from. And yeah, I don't if you don't have the voice, then well, I don't know.
3: To, to be fair, to be fair, it's it's a really short fucking clip of just one scene, and and I'm doing like sixty five takes of it, and at the end of it,
4: yeah, when he comes it? out, yeah. yeah, when
3: he when he comes out, it's like, I get the feeling that's from early in the movie, and when he comes out in the sixty fifth take and he nails the line, you hear a little bit of the voice come out, and I think maybe they're gonna play that up as like, yeah, that voice you used when you nailed the line after sixty five takes to say it. 10 word line yeah go with that (laughs) that's it yeah but yeah it's called the disaster artist
2: oh there we go i don't know where i got the imposter from and i've
3: never seen the room i've just seen i've just seen clips of it i've seen
2: the ref tracks version a couple times
0: oh god it looked horrible man
2: it's so (laughs) it's delightfully horrible though like is it mystery
3: science theater worthy
2: like where they can just um, oh, goof yeah. on
3: it for two hours straight, and and you oh. wouldn't get bored of it.
2: Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, Rift Tracks is just the, you know, guys that wrapped up the last. I don't know how many seasons of Mystery Science Theater. Oh, I didn't. Basically I, the same thing.
3: I yeah. I Mystery Science Theater was a show that when it first came out, I watched, and then I lost track of, and I don't even know what Rift Tracks is. So.
2: Yeah.
3: But yeah, um, it's it's. I think has this summer's pretty much gone by without a bunch of huge blockbusters, especially the ones that people were counting on, like that fucking Mummy reboot that was supposed to kick off the Universal Monsters universe, and that uh, Guy Ritchie version of uh, King Arthur. I mean, that thing yep. flopped fucking hard.
2: Yeah, and meanwhile, uh, movies that they thought would underperform drastically outseated projections, predictions like Wonder Woman. See, and
3: to me, anyone who said Wonder Woman wasn't going to do huge numbers, it, it was retarded.
2: It hasn't
1: paid it's, attention in our current social climate. Right. It, I don't you, even... You, look, look, s- it you doesn't saw even her in matter.
2: that fucking outfit. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> it doesn't even matter about the fucking feminist or sjw's or whoever the fuck coming out and seeing it it's a superhero movie
1: with
4: titties with a chick
3: chick that i would kill both of y'all just for a chance to sniff her panties in a skimpy outfit what more do i need i don't care if it's fucking feminist propaganda for two hours i get to watch her bounce around in a wonder woman outfit
1: hetero hate speech there rich you're objectifying wonder woman
3: Uh, what the fuck ever I, you know how many times my girlfriend wanted me to take her to the dollar theater when Fight Club was showing? I guarantee <laughs> guarantee you it wasn't for Edward Norton with his shirt off.
2: Well, look, ob- objectifying women in your life is wrong. And objectifying women who are fictional and put on the screen uh, in, in comic books and skimpy outfits and tight spandex is healthy... And totally appropriate. It's the people who don't know the difference between the two. who look at the, you know, Jean Grey in the comic books and get a boner over a tight outfit. And then at the same time, you know, treat their girlfriends like shit or objectify women
1: daily. The Twitter retort to your statement there would be, says a straight white male. All right. Well, then, you know, I I have a
3: solution for all that. And here's the deal.
2: Cut my dick off. If you're
3: straight. (laughs) Yeah, that'll fix everything. If you're straight, male or female, everybody once before they're 20 has to take the hit and have some sort of homosexual contact with the same sex. And if you're gay or whatever fucking sexual orientation you are, You have to go the opposite of it, too. That way we can all stop criticizing each other on where we want to stick our dicks or fucking have a dick stuck in us or whatever the fuck. (laughs) Because Jesus Christ, I'm really sick of people just completely, I like to have sex with this type of person. Congratulations. What the fuck does it have to do (laughs) with you? If if that's, that's your defining trait, you got nothing. I step in puddles deeper than you. Go away. Like, I'm sorry. I've had a friend who went five years without sex at one point. Yes, he was in his 30s when this happened. That wasn't his defining trait. The world doesn't start
1: and end at your genitals.
3: Yes, exactly. Yes. Right.
2: I'm trying to think if I've gotten late since we started this podcast. <laughs> this recording, like this podcast.
3: Man, what was it? Like the third one? I, I come over and some chick shows up and I'm like, hey, who's that? And... uh no, oh she working. she just come she just come over to pick up something. I'm like, oh that's it? Like I th- I thought you were like giving her like the okay honey I'll see you later. Daddy's
2: gotta do his uh. podcast.
3: You know, I uh. thought you were like giving her the heave ho and you were like, no, she
1: just came over to pick up something. I'm like oh yeah, you
2: I think you saw the last time. <laughs> Picking
1: up some wiener.
3: <laughs> oh shit. See, so folks. This is why it's imperative for you listening to donate to us. We can afford to buy Pussy for Aaron every once every couple months. Because I guarantee you, the first show after he gets that backup out of him, he won't be talking about Trump for an hour.
1: I guarantee it. <laughs> He's expelled the yeah. demon. I just
2: need a new ride, you know. I can't pick up chicks in Whitey Ford. <laughs>
3: Yeah, we just need you to get that 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 devil semen out of you, and just uh, and be like, there. That's okay. I'm clear now. A big uh, oh, a big
2: orange blob. Listen, I'm not backstocking this shit, okay? <laughs> you
4: think <make> this clear? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Your pipes aren't backed up.
3: <laughs> like honestly, you jerk off so much in the shower, you're waiting for a baby to crawl out.
1: Have <laughs> <laughs> a sewer baby. That's how you get Ninja Turtles. There you go. Exactly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh shit! All right, oh. I don't think we're gonna, I don't think we're gonna end on a happier note. Tonight. Yeah, we gotta no, we gotta enact the George that. Costanza rule. We gotta go out on the high note.
1: All right, everybody, that's it for us. We're talking about drain babies. We're done. But thanks to everyone who's been listening. I really it is. I am not being hyperbolic when I say that every month is better than the last. Uh, we're already on our way to spanking last month. Bad choice of words. Yeah, have conversation. People, are, people are sharing. Like it. Hey, whether you like it or not, you're listening. All right? it's all that matters. We're at UnregimentedPod on Twitter. Uh, you can email the show, Unregimented, at ChristopherMedia.net. We're floating around on Instagram, I think, at Unregimented. Uh, always make sure you go to ChristopherMedia.net Check out all the other podcasts. And yeah, you see, I like we. Did, Trump had is what we had good. You know, maybe twenty minutes of Trump
2: covered half other of, yeah,
1: things. Twenty half hour.
2: Yeah. That's right. That's all. You, that's all you're worth, Trump. Yeah. You're
1: nothing to me. Yeah.
4: yeah. You know, I get something
1: to talk about. Good for change. Like perhaps you're leaving off. We're, we're we're a few years away from that. I'll
3: settle for i for sessions being booted out at this point. Like for right now, like in the next couple months, just get him out that way they can leave medical marijuana the fuck
2: alone. Yeah, before he restarts Dare. Yeah, I know. Well, so,
3: well, you know well, what? Those, so what? Those vintage those vintage Dare shirts they are yeah. fetching a fine high price because, you know, if they come out with new ones, yeah, we can get them cheap. So, gotta look on the bright side of things. I can wear a dare shirt
2: ironically again. Yeah, if they if they make a, a fake
1: vintage dare shirt, oh, I will not <laughs> But anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Alright, later, guys.